Children the world over have fallen in love with the Island of Misfit Toys. Why, here come some Moppets now. Sir, do you have the Fisher-Price Laugh and Learn Never Forget 9-11 playset? Yes. Chalk? Okay. Sir, do you have the Pink Floyd Bubble Umma Gumma trading cards? Maybe. Rope? Yeah. I really want the Walker Texas Ranger Lil Minuteman Border Patrol kit. Well... Thanks. Okay. I want a tampon from Sarah Silverman. Sure you do. Yeah. Cake? Um, the Super Angry Gaijin Happy Good Time Yelling Houropoly? I'm sure we've got all of those things and more at the Island of Misfit Toys, a subsidiary of MikeSchmidtComedy.com. What's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-Year-Old Boy Podcast? Merry Christmas, folks. Well, you know, let me be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. And by the first, I obviously mean the last, because it is clearly Thursday, December 26th, when you're hearing this, but it is Christmas Day when I'm recording this. It is it is Wednesday, December 25th, which is Christmas for you. Uh, it's Christmas for me, too. It's Christmas for all of us, but I'm not talking to you on that specific day. But today is the day that it's Christmas, so I'm saying Merry Christmas to you. I'm over here now. I'm over here now. Uh, I'm letting you know that Christmas is merry or at least have a merry Christmas. And I said I was the first and probably the last. And also, I'm arrogant enough to think that you're listening to this on Thursday, December 26th, but you're probably not. You're you're uh, you're saving this for March, St. Patrick's Day. You know what? Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Faith and fucking Bagora. Take that. Uh, no, Merry fucking Christmas. That's cool. Why do I get to throw fucking in there? I don't ha- I don't mean to. It just came out. This seems aggressive for a Christmas show. It's goddamn Jesus's birthday. We all got a myrrh. What the fuck? And I'm sitting here swearing like an idiot. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, or mayor. Maybe I'm saying mayor. Oh, maybe that's what they got him. Frankenstein, Frankenstein incense and mayor was an in- incense. They, did I just say Frankenstein incense? Wait a minute. I think I just said Frankenstein and incense. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm not an incense guy. I've got candles that smell. But if I was going to buy some incense, I would buy incense that smelled like Frankenstein. Frankenstein's got a fucking reek, right? That guy's made out of like 30 different bodies. Fucking Igor digs him out of the ground. He's like putting together. It's the fucking shin bone connected to the toe bone and all other bullshit. And, uh, and he's just got to, you got to smell that dude coming. That little girl, I know she was blind and he tossed her into the fucking drink, but she had to be like, whoa, this guy fucking reeks. Although it's Europe. So who the fuck knows? I don't mean to cast aspersions on Europe. I'm sure you people all use soap. I know you do in Ireland. Why we have your Irish soap over here right now. It's called Irish spring. And I just ordered some moisture bless. Get this bullshit. You want to hear this? Uh, I'm one of the few people who ordered regular products from Amazon during Christmas because I'm dumb. I didn't need a gift, so I went ahead and ordered soap. And I ordered, uh, and I could have gone to the store. Man, that's the thing. I'm the laziest fucking idiot in the world. I could go to the store. What am I saving? Nine cents by killing the planet and ordering from Amazon? But look, we love Bezos and use the link. Uh, I can't use my own link, so please, you make up for it. But I, I, I needed soap. And I needed, here's the thing. I, I didn't just want soap, man. I wanted soap for the fucking year. That's what I needed. I need I need 24 bars of fucking soap and I need it now for Christmas. And they had a good deal. It was like only uh, it was like eleven dollars or twelve bucks. And it's uh, Irish Spring Moisture Blast. 
Now, look, you can use the regular Irish Spring, and then you're going to smell like a shamrock or a fucking uh, glass of Guinness or whatever the fuck. But I, because I got Ireland coming up in a few months, I like to smell like the Irish Spring Moisture Blast. So you know what you smell like then? You just smell you smell like a Dublin dew. You smell like the dew in Dublin in the morning. <laughs> I don't know who that guy was. It's a pirate. <laughs> uh, is there an Irish pirate? A pirish? That's what we call, we call the Irish pirate a pirish. Um... So I wanted to smell like Moisture Blast Irish Spring, which, as, the, as you know, as I said, it smells like the dew in the morning at the crack of dawn in Ireland. Arr, 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 arr. Uh, and I enjoy the Moisture Blast. It's slippery. It's a slippery soap I discovered at Mex's house, as a matter of fact. Uh, I may have talked about this before because, look, we've talked about fucking everything on this goddamn show. But uh, my soap preferences are clearly something I discuss uh, all the time. People want to know because last year, hey, last year for Christmas, a listener, I think it was Dave. Uh, Dave, the dope fiend shooting dope who don't know the meaning of water nor soap until last Christmas when he knew the meaning of soap and he sent me 13 goddamn bars of soap with names like crisp IPA and basil and spearmint and a scrub a dub dub four men in a tub all that bullshit it smells it smells fucking great four men in a tub does not smell great but the scrub a dub dub part smells really good so uh so I was at Mex's house one time and I discovered uh moisture blast Irish Springs I had forgotten my own soap. And I like, you know me, I'm, I'm half a lady. So I've got a bunch of different soaps that I use. I use a Kiehl's Crunchy Body Bar. I use a, a Mammoth Minty Soap and Scrub from, from your Bliss, which is 18 bucks a bar. What the fuck? How am I alive? How how can I come on here and ask you guys to support me and send me money for links and shit like that? And then I'm like, hey, I use an $18 bar of soap, but it's giant, though. It, it is the size of three bars of soap. So I know what you're thinking. You're using three $6 bars of soap. Yes, I know. Get off my fucking ass, man. When you're old, you have to make sure you don't get crepey skin. That's what my email tells me. So I'm doing my best to use the best soap that I possibly can. I want to wash away all the wrinkles. I got everything out of the crevasses of my uh, of my uh, skin, my pores, or I guess you'd call them. Um, you know, I and look, I have, I am, and let's just talk about this now. Uh, I have combination skin. It's a combination of fucking and awesome. That's what I've got right now, baby, because uh, I have really good skin. I've never been, and I shouldn't say this because I'm jinxing, jinxing the shit out of myself. Well, I'm 52. What the fuck? Who's gonna? Who's looking out for me? Jesus. Again, it's his birthday. He's distracted. Guy's up there right now with a party hat on, and, it's, and today is his goddamn birthday. You know he's not listening to me. Um, what if he was? Holy shit. What if this is what Jesus did on his birthday? What if his whole life revolved around the day that my, I was actually recording on a Christmas day? Oh, man, now I got to feel that there's pressure. Now I got to feel like I'm letting him down. But I'm not really letting him down. Happy birthday, dude. Do the thing. Fucking, uh, you're up there. Go ahead and, and uh, I don't know. Fuck that girl from the runaways who just died. She's up there. Why not? Doesn't that seem like a thing? Unless Jesus is a switch hitter, then he can uh, he can bang George Michael. Whatever the fuck. He was born on Christmas. George Michael's got a Christmas birthday, too. Maybe the two of them are up there going bananas. They're scissoring one another. And everybody's watching. You think that's happening? You think if Jesus is railing George Michael or vice versa, I don't know who's at the top and the bottom of that situation. I don't think George Michael, I mean, he, you know, certainly he let it known that he was a gay dude and uh, and he was involved in bathroom shenanigans, but I don't know if he was ever on the wrong end of the stick or the right end of the stick or what he liked. Was he a top or a bottom? Was he was he verse? Is that what they call it? Was it ver, uh, vice and verse? Versatile? Is he a versatile fella? I don't know. I don't want to speculate about George Michael in death or in life. I mean, if he was here, I certainly wouldn't. Hey, and I, also I, I, I heard last Christmas on the 23rd. I know everybody plays that lottery game where they're like, oh, dude, what's the whamageddon, man? Are you going to hear the fucking song, man? And uh, I'm here to tell you, I missed it. I hadn't heard it until December 23rd. And you know where I fucking heard it? Get this bullshit. And I don't play whamageddon. I'm not playing with you guys. I mean, I, I mean, I do it by myself. It's that thing where like, I don't participate in your bullshit online stuff. <laughs> it's better enough if I do a podcast. Um, 
And also, let me tell you this. I, I have, I'm behind on answering people on the Joker's page, but get this. Facebook, all right, where, I, get, I can't forget everything I'm talking about. Soap, Facebook, George Michael. All right, let's talk about why I'm getting super fast. Let me finish this. I get in the car the other day and I'm fucking driving. It's December 23rd. And I've missed it. I have not heard it. And I've, I've played some Christmas music in my car. I've gone ahead and checked those channels. I heard Sia doing Candy Cane Lane the other day, and that was catchy. Uh, but I heard no wham. And I was like, all right, look at me. I'm going to triumph in this wham again. And I've never even really kept track of it because I just I like the song. I don't mind hearing it. I understand it's a game and it's not like people hate the song. But at the same time, while I was participating uh, and by the way, I can do this on last Christmas. I gave you my heart. I can do it now because Whamageddon is over. Uh, although it's December 25th. Although I guess it ended this morning. Um, who cares? Nobody, nobody gives a shit about any of this, quite frankly. I shouldn't even be doing a show. You're not listening. You guys are all, uh, it's, it's the end of the year. Last two weeks of school. You guys are like, fuck this, man. We're just coasting. We're not even going to tune in. Maybe, maybe you'll check this show out in January. Maybe. So, uh, so I didn't, I, like I said, I've listened to some commercial Christmas stations, not commercial stations, but like Sirius XM. Cause they've got dudes, motherfucking Sirius XM has 20 Christmas stations, 20, two, zero. That's two tens. It's four fives. It's fucking 10 twos. They got 20 Christmas fucking stations. And it's like a country Christmas, a jug band Christmas. Here's a bunch of dead guys singing about Christmas. Everybody who's alive is on this station for Christmas. Uh, Jewish guys who like Christmas, German guys who like Christmas. I, all right, fine. 20 seems like high, seems high hip hop Motown Christmas. Yes, I get it. That's, that's, you know what that is? It's a lot of fucking, that's too much Christmas, quite frankly. And I, and I'm not the guy who feels that way. I love Christmas. Uh, but 20 seems high. So, uh, I, I, and also, so again, 20 stations, I've not heard wham on any of them. And I look, I've not listened to all 20. Certainly. Uh, I'm not, I'm not listening to hookers for Christmas or whatever the fuck the station is. Again, you get, you're really stretching yourself thin at 20. Hey, here's a, here's, here's a station where every Christmas song is just animals barking or whatever the fuck, because they have that, there's that rough, 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 right? That's the fucking, there's a jingle bells dog song. Um, but is it, did any other animal get into it? Is there a meow, meow dog song or cat song or fucking Christmas song? Uh, meow, 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 meow. Wait, no, that's knickknack paddywhack. That's not fucking Christmas. Well, I can't even do jingles. Meow, 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 meow. There you go. All right, there's your there's your jingle bells for Christmas. And a bird is like. Does a giraffe make a noise? I don't think he does. I don't know if he does. If, but what if it, what, dude, what if a giraffe had what if giraffes had like amazing singing voices but they never shared them with us they sang like fucking birds but because we locked them up in fucking giraffe houses and shit they're like fuck you I'm not sharing my fucking badass giraffe voice with you what if you went to the zoo at night up you heard a fucking giraffe choir that blow your ass off holy shit you're walking through and you, and you know how you would know it was them because the the sound would be way above your head that's what an eight foot neck will do for you because I mean if if a fucking you know, if a baboon sings right in your face, you know, that's a fucking baboon that's just yelling. You're like, all right, the crocodile, a bunch of guys. It's like, oh, look at that. That's ankle music. I'm hearing that a bunch of crocodiles are going to work and singing a fucking song. But if you're something like ethereal floating in the air, that's just fucking a chorus of giraffes just busting it out eight feet in the air. Giant giraffe miles eating leaves, bananas, whatever the fuck. They just eat leaves, right? They can't eat anything real. I mean, they got to chew. It's just they chew it to a pulp because you're swallowing it down that giant fucking neck. Oh, Christ. You know what I would do? I would try to feed. You think I, all right, I was, I was literally going to say, let's give a giraffe a beer bong. That's the stupidest thing I've ever thought in my life. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've had a lot of stupid thoughts on this goddamn show. I, five seconds ago, I talked about crocodile music at ankle level, but, but now talking about a fucking giraffe with a beer bong. Cause again, I've done beer bongs, sadly, 
the fucking thing doesn't go all the way down your throat unless unless you're doing it in the most ridiculous way. If you're throating the tube, now you're you know what you're not even showing off your chugging skills at that point. Now you're just advertising. Now you're like, hey everybody, I'm you know what? I'm on my knees already. You might want to just step up and get fucking throated by me, the guy with the deep throat beer bong abilities. Fuck that. Uh, I did a beer bong once and I didn't, I didn't get, look, I didn't take chemistry in school, so I didn't get the fucking whole physics of it. So I'm like, I'm holding it too high and the beer shooting out and they're like, no, put it down. And then you got to squat down. And I'm like, and the whole thing seemed like a fucking prank to me. Cause anybody who says like, Hey man, get on your knees and drink this beer. That's that's got all that's got alarm bells all over the fucking thing right there. It's like, Hey, do me a favor. Um, we're going to shoot some liquid in your face, but first you got to get in your knees. It's like, man, I don't want to be in a frat that badly. All right, go ahead and step up. No, it's beer. Oh, I get it. Okay, great. I thought you guys were going to fucking jizz in my hair. Well, you know, that might come along with it. What? What? Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, I turned on the radio the other day and December 23rd, this is two days ago. Uh, I don't know why I have to specify exactly what it was, but it was in the afternoon. Fuck it. I got in the car and I, I went to see Shannon and I saw Shannon on Monday and, uh, she and I had a fun discussion, uh, cause I told her I have a list. I have plans and we were talking about that and I'd been talking, I've kind of been talking about it with her uh, on occasion, but I, I spelled it out for, her. I was like, all right, here's the deal. Like, you know, January 1st, I, I have, I, I start a heavy workout schedule and I'm going to have an actual workout schedule every single day along with an actual sleep schedule every day and with a changing my diet and cooking for myself and all that stuff. And she took pause and she looked at me and she's like, that's a, that's a lot of changes at once. I'm like, yeah, I know I go, but I can do this. And she's like, well, you know, you do that thing where you, you start to do something and then you don't do it well. And then you start to beat yourself up about it and you go into this little uh, spiral. And I'm like, well, that won't happen this time. And she's just like, all right, let's talk about why it won't. So we had a chat and, uh, and then I, and I, it got a little, um, contentious, I guess is the word. Cause I was like, I go, why are you, why are you doubting me on this? And she's like, I'm not doubting you. I just want to make sure that you have what you need in order to do this and not get disappointed. If anything, I'm going to go, I'm not going to be disappointed. I go, can, can you, can you just, I'm going to do this. I'm telling you now. She goes, well, that's what if you were to start with one and you would get, I go, no, I go, here's why this is, this needs to work this way. Uh, I don't have a lot of time left. First of all, I mean, I'm dying and all of us are dying every second, but at the same time I'm old and I've, I've, I've reached a pitch where it's just enough at this fucking point. Right. And, uh, and I've said this before, go back five years ago. I'm sure you'll hear it on the fucking show. It's enough. And I, and, and do I grab the reins maybe for a small amount of time? And then I got to switch it back. Fuck. But, um, but I explained to her that all of these things will work in concert with one another. So the more sleep I get, the better my workouts will be. And the better my workouts are, the the better my diet will be because I will want to eat more and cook more and things like that. And then that will allow me to sleep more because I'll be working out more. It's a, it's, it's a whole Rube Goldberg machine. I mean, it all just fuels one, every, everything fuels itself. Uh, and, and, um, you know, and she was very kind and, and, and just wants to make sure that I'm, I'm doing things the best that I possibly can. Uh, but I tried to explain to her, I'm like, listen to me, man. Uh, I, I can do this. I will do this. I've done it before and I'll do it again. Um, and she was very nice about it, you know? And again, she believes in me and she doesn't even have to fucking believe in me. She's my therapist. She could just, she could be like, ah, fuck you. I know we're going to talk about this for the next 10 years. Uh, which I can't even imagine. Cause again, she's, she's young. She's like super young. I'm going to get, I'm going to get Shannon's like 28. If that, uh, what if I'm still talking to her when she's 38 and I'm 62? Oh man, it just sounds creepy as fuck. She's got to call the fucking brain police on me at that point. If I'm not solved in 10 fucking years. Um, 
But she's done good things and reached out and, and, and helped me in certain ways and given me tools that I just need to apply. She's, she's handed me a toolbox with tools in it. I just got to open it and use those tools. Don't I? Isn't that the way it works? So I leave Shannon on Monday. I get in the car. And uh, again, like I said, it's Christmas. I've got some Christmas music rolling, but I also have presets. So uh, I usually listen to old-timey radio. And uh, I got in the car. And there was a commercial on Old Tammy Radio, so I flipped through to ESPN, and I flipped through to Mad Dog Sports Radio, and then I flipped through to, uh, 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 what was it, NBA NBA Radio is first. Is it NBA Radio or NFL Radio? NFL Radio, and then I flipped through to MLB Radio, and all of those others are on commercials. That's why I kept flipping, and I get to MLB Radio, and the commercial ends just as I'm flipping to it, and uh, I, I just caught it at the right, the perfect time. Wham! starts playing on MLB Radio, and it was just... It was an interstitial to get to the the guys doing their fucking report on baseball. It wasn't even like them playing the song. It was just like uh, all of a sudden, like there was a commercial that I, I flipped it on, and right when it ended, it just went and you know, it just the last Christmas I gave you my, and it starts playing, and the guy's like Jim Memolo here for MLB. We're talking about the Astros, and I'm like you cunts. You know you can't do that. You know it's fucking Whamageddon. You can't play that as interstitial music. What the fuck are you doing now? You're just trolling everybody, you dicks. Um. And I wasn't in Look, when I'm getting it's not even that important to me, but I just thought it was a fucking rude thing to do to just go ahead and fucking drop that on everybody. Because, again, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to lose when again and play the whole fucking song, I want to hear the whole thing. I want to I want to groove to it. I want to fucking bop. I want to think about what Andrew Ridgely looks like naked. I want to do all that shit together, man. But if you just give me like 30 seconds of it while you're about to talk to me about fucking Joaquin Andujar, then fuck that, man. That's not anything I'm interested in. Give me the whole song or give me death. I think that's what fucking uh, who is that? Patrick, whatever the fuck. He said, give me the whole, give me Whamageddon or give me death. Give me the whole Wham song or give me death. Patrick McCree. Who the fuck is that? Patrick Liberty. That's, I don't think his name because, you know, because he wanted Liberty. Give me Liberty or give me death. That's uh, Patrick Magoo. I don't fucking know. Some guy named Patrick. Uh, James Patrick, former New, uh, New York Ranger. No, I don't think so. Um, Patrick McGowan from the Avengers. I don't think it was him either. Uh, all right. Lester Patrick, commissioner of the NHL. I don't think why am I all, why are all my Patrick's in the NHL? I'm Irish. You think I know a lot more Patrick's. Uh, all right. So I don't know who it was, but I, I know Patrick. Now I'm mad. Now I, I can't remember. Give me liberty or give me death. Patrick. And now you guys are all yelling in your fucking cars because you know this because you can pull this shit up. But again, I'm old, man. I'm 52. I got a list. I got plans to try to get my brain back working. And so I can know who the fuck said, uh, give me liberty or give me that. It's not Benedict Arnold. No, he's a fucking traitor. And uh, it's not the British are coming. That's Paul Revere. Uh, give me liberty or give me death. It's not, and it's not don't tread on me. It's Ben Franklin. And uh, Ben Franklin was also like, hey, look at my glasses and check out this key on this kite and this bullshit that I just invented with a fucking lightning bolt. And everybody's like, what the fuck, Franklin? We're all trying to get laid here in our pantaloons and you're out there with a fucking kite in the rain. And you want us to all come out and take a look at it? We've got some randy babes over there in the state house. We're trying to fucking work. And Franklin's just like, fuck you, man. I just want, I want to invent electricity. Is that all right? They're like, what the fuck's electricity, baby? Uh, I don't know who that was who was yelling at him and called him baby. Who calls Ben Franklin baby? Do you think anybody? All right, let's talk about that. Do you think anybody ever? At all called Benjamin Franklin baby. Do you think anybody ever said that? I mean, like maybe he had some hooker or something or like maybe he had a wife. Did he have a wife? I don't know if he had a wife. Did he have like, because again, you know, those guys are all banging fucking chicks because they're the fucking kings of the world at that point. They come to America, big swinging dicks. They get off the boat. No more king. So like, all right, man, there's no more king around here. Let's just fuck all these Indians and everybody else. And so all these girls just get fucking railed by the goddamn forefathers or whoever the fuck they're calling themselves. They open the state house in Philadelphia. That's why they've got like, you know, you don't think they're all in Monticello tearing up the slaves. Of course they are. Thomas Jefferson's not the only one. He has those guys over for dinner and then it just turns into a huge fucking goddamn 
pile of, 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 of awfulness. It's just really disgusting. It's just, he's bought and paid for these people. Then he brings in the forefathers and he's bribing people. Then he's probably got some fucking Russian prime minister or some German guy comes over some Hessian. And he's like, Hey, partake of my slaves booty. And he's like, all right, great. Then I guess we can do this trade deal. And then they all smoke fucking tobacco out of a weird pipe. And then a poor slave has to fucking make biscuits and get fucked by nine German dudes. What the fuck? This country's a mess. How the fuck did all this shit happen? That's what it had. That's what it came from. Literally, Ben Franklin's got a key. He's got a fucking kite. And then all of a sudden, Tom Jefferson's like, hey, let's all come to Monticello and get laid. I, got, I own a bunch of chicks. They're like, what do you mean? You were at a party with a bunch of ladies? He's like, no, I actually bought a bunch of chicks. All right. Well, that sounds good. And then they go there and then they bring over all these foreign heads of state. All these Italian dudes come over and they're just like, hey, uh, Italian dudes, you want to go ahead and rail these fucking hot chicks that I own? And he's like, all right. Yeah. No, what? Hey, that sounds great. Thank you, Thomas Jefferson. And then they fucking go to work. I don't know why Mario runs Italy back then, but he did. And then the Indians are just trying to fucking live. All they look, all they want to do is just survive. That's it. They just, it's Squanto and the rest. And they're all just trying to fucking get stuff done uh, until you guys start to encroach and move west. And then, and then, then they start to fight back. Then they plant their fucking flag. That's when Geronimo shows up and he's like, fuck you, man. You can't own people and start fucking them at Monticello. But by that time, Thomas Jefferson's dead. And they're just dealing with a bunch of other fucking dudes like fucking Eisenhower who just comes over and fucks all the Indians up. What a mess. This country's a fucking coin flip. It's, and it's ending too. We all know that, right? Uh, but so isn't that weird? Like, I have to be honest with you. I'm 52 years old, man. And I mean, I just bet this is, I've been in this from the fucking jump. Like it's, it's all the, it's all I know is this fucking country. This is where I was born this is where I grew up. Uh, you learn. And I've, I've just recently expanded my international footprint, uh, from North America. I wind up in Japan. Of course I went up in Kuwait, which is lovely. Um, and I'm learning more and more about the world and I'm, and I'm seeing it deteriorate before my very eyes. And I never, I never once in my brain, never once in my mind, never once in my life thought I would be alive for the end of America. Isn't that weird? And I don't mean like, you know, fires in the streets and fucking the whole country's destroyed and nuclear bombs, whatever the fuck. I just mean the idealism of it and, and the whole, and to see the, this fucking, standoffish thing where people hate one another and nobody can fucking find common ground and people are trolling and laughing and just, it just, I, I guess I didn't really think of maybe, maybe this has been coming and I just didn't fucking see it happening. You know what I mean? Cause I've just been, uh, hiding under a cover waiting for a wham song to play, but Jesus Christ, I never, I never thought I would see the, the, the and I, and this is going to be a strong statement, but it's the way I'm going to couch it right now. And then I'll explain the decline of Western civilization. And in that, I just mean polite discourse and uh, ability to compromise. That's it. I don't. I don't mean it in like um, you guys suck and we're great. I don't. I don't give a flying fuck anymore. I mean, there are people who do suck clearly, and I am great. There's no doubt about it. Uh, all right, what are we talking about? We're talking about fucking. Oh, we were wondering if anyone has ever called Ben Franklin baby. That was a question that we were talking about. We were thinking about that to ourselves. Uh, anyone? Did, did Thomas Jefferson? Did he? Hey, Ben Franklin baby. Ben, baby, were there, was there a Swifty Lazar back then? Some guy pitching them on some fucking movie that they could make? Probably not since the camera wasn't invented. I don't know. Or were cameras invented? I don't know. 1700s, there's no camera. Jesus Christ, I can't go on a game show now because I wouldn't know a fucking thing. I would know fuck all. Hey, cameras were invented when? I don't know. Ben Franklin, he went over to Monticello and he banged some chick with the Germans. I remember that. That happened. You want to ask me a question about that? Uh, and please understand, I know none of the things I'm saying are true. Don't, I don't want anybody to fucking write me and go, you're the dumbest man alive. I mean, yeah, well, you know, I, am I the dumbest man alive or do I play the dumbest man alive on a podcast? Huh? Huh? And if you are downloading this every week and listening to me, who truly is the dumb one among us? I put it to you, Greg. 
Isn't this an indictment of America's entire educational system? Well, gentlemen, I'm not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. Uh, gentlemen. All right. Gentlemen comes after, not before. All right. Let's breathe. Let's talk a little bit. It's Christmas Day, man. Can you feel it? Can you still feel it in the air? Are, you, are, your, are your bells still getting jingled? Is that happening over there? Um, is, Christmas, is Christmas sex a thing? I don't know if it is. I, uh, I, uh, well, I mean, I know it is for me. When I have the opportunity, certainly. Um, but I always, you remember like in the old shows where they're like, or you even hear this cliche where like, oh, it's my birthday. Maybe my wife will get, you'll know, throw me one, whatever. And it's just that old fucking bad comedian, fucking Jack Carter nonsense. It's just like uh, telling you some story. Oh, yeah. You know, my the old ball and chain came around and I said to her, hey, babe, you know, how about if we get a little run of the hay this year for my birthday? And she said, well, I'll tell you what, I'd run in the hay, but your old nag ain't got the, the wheels to get it done anymore. Wah, 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 whatever the fuck. And I, uh, I, I, I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't know if you had, if you had Christmas sex, that's great. I hope, but I hope you have sex all the fucking time. I'm rooting for you guys. I guess is what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm back there. I'm just, I got my fist in the air, like the fucking three dudes in Mexico city who won the fucking gold medal for the U S and I'm just like fist in the goddamn air. That's what I'm thinking about. 1968 Mexico city long jump and whoever the fuck else was Bob Beeman. Is it him? See the guy? No, Bob Beeman holds the record, but he was, he one of the fucking fist dudes. I don't want him to think Carlos, uh, Juan Carlos, John Carlos. Carlos John, I don't fucking know those guys, but yeah, that's that's more shit I should know, right? You think anyone ever called him baby? <laughs> that guy, the guy with the fist in the air on the fucking metal podium, uh, I guarantee he did. You think you think Hitler was ever called Joe uh, fucking Lewis baby? Or no, not Joe Lewis. Who did Joe Lewis? It was Jesse Owens. Joe Lewis beat up Max Schmeling, so of course, yeah, you know Hitler's not happy about that. But then fucking Joe Lewis is out there, or not Joe Lewis is sprinting. Fucking Jesse Owens is sprinting, and hit, you think Hitler was like fuck. God damn, what do you think when he gave him the medal? He's like, oh, baby, nice, nice race. No, he fucking hated it because uh, he's like the master race. He doesn't want to fucking call some uh, black dude baby. Um, or does he? Is that something that Hitler keeps couched? Maybe, maybe he did. What if he talked like a hep cat? What if, what if fucking Hitler invented a hippie slang and we just didn't know it? He was calling everybody baby and just saying things were groovy and snapping his fucking fingers. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? What if Dick Sean's Hitler from the producers is a is a literal interpretation of what Hitler was like? Let's look at that movie. Let's unpack that. What if Dick Sean coming in and being Hitler and pretending to be like, yeah, baby, whatever, you know, uh, Zeke Heil, Zeke Heil, Zeke Heil. What if Dick Sean's actor character was a method actor and he had done real research on Hitler and found out that's the kind of cat Hitler was? But the United States made it into a comedy movie and covered it up because they didn't want us to realize that six million people were killed in a Holocaust perpetrated by a fucking weird hippie dude. And we couldn't stop him initially in the fucking war. Everybody like you lost to that fucking guy for years. So we made him a fucking laughing stock. But it turns out Dick Sean, also known as the actor within the, the, the film, he went and did the research and he was like, ha ha. And he realized that that was what Hitler was really like. What if Hitler really did? He fucking coined the term groovy. Oh, man. Hitler's king of the hippies. I don't know if I'm ready for this because honestly, that's what this whole thing about in the country is where they're trying to put it back before the sixties because all these old dudes realized they lost the sixties. So now they're trying to fucking relitigate them by putting all these young fucking idiot judges in to try to overturn a bunch of stuff like women's autonomy over their bodies and all sorts of other bullshit. So now though, I got to be honest, if Hitler invented the hippies, I, I maybe we go back and relitigate these sixties. Maybe we turn the fucking turn. Let's turn this car around. Let's turn this fucking station wagon around, baby. Let's fucking drop Hitler off wherever the fuck he needs to be dropped off. Preferably somewhere before fucking uh, uh, inventing hippie talk. Uh, and who? Did, and also, let's. All right, if Hitler invents hippie talk, who the fuck? Because he kills himself in what forty four in the bunker, right? 
So he and Eva Braun are dead. How the fuck does the hippie talk? How does that, how does it escape the bunker? Because there's Gary and Gables, Goebbels, and those guys are fucking not Gables. Uh, Gunther Gable Williams. I, you know what? I'm going to blame Gunther Gable Williams. I think he was the one. He somehow had a, had a passageway to Hitler as a young child, and he leaked the hippie talk. And look, that dude's in a circus. So he's on a fucking train. He's going from town to town, taming lions and talking hippie talk. He's like, where'd you learn that? He's like, fucking Hitler. So of course it's going to catch on like wildfire. If he gets on a goddamn train and he goes from fucking each continent to each continent and brings it there. He goes to fucking Bulgaria, Romania. He's all over the fucking Iron Curtain and he's doing fucking hippie talk. Then he comes over here, does a fucking circus in the hate Ashbury. Everybody's like, oh, dude, that was a great show. What do you call that? And he's like, hey, man, it was a groovy show. They're like, what? I don't know what that even means. What is that? What is that you're saying? And he's like, yeah, it's totally groovy. Like I tamed a lion, man, like peace. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah. And then he like he just slips out some Hitler fucking peace speak into the fucking hate Ashbury. Hitler is the king of the gypsies. What? The king of the gypsies? No, he's the king of the hippies. What if he was the king of the gypsies as well? Hold on a second. I'm, I'm, I'm giving Hitler a lot of credit here. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think uh, I think I got to throttle down on the Hitler credit. <laughs> That's something I never thought I'd say to you guys. Um, just not because I, I don't think that I should throttle down. I just think that I would never be giving Hitler credit for anything. But if he's the king of the gypsies and the king of the hippies, what he should have done, rather than being a divisive guy who went after the Jews, maybe he unites the gypsies and the hippies and he fucking he turns this world into just a fucking slang caravan. What if he does that? What if he gets all the hippies together in covered wagons? And they're just fucking having mules to him from city to city and doing a fucking medicine show and sending peace and love and putting fucking flowers into gun barrels. And then if people get mad, then they fucking put on a bunch of earrings and they smash tambourines. and They dance around a fire. I think this is what we need. We need the gypsies and the hippies to team up. Gypsies. Let's get some gypsies together. Let's do that. Some hipsies. Hipsies or gypsies? What do you think works best? I'm not sure. Hipsies? Gympies? God damn it. I don't know. That's a tough one. I'll take a vote now. I'm going to put a poll on Twitter. You guys go ahead and vote here on Christmas Day. That's what we need to know. Um, Gypsies or hipsies? (laughs) Hipsies. Hipsies? Why am I putting an M in there? Gypsies, hippies. So it's gypsies. Or hip hipsies. I don't fucking know. This is like when we had the fucking Jill Billy and Hill Jill argument on fucking Never Not Funny. And I still think I should have won it. But I did not. I lost to America's Hair Dad. Hi. Uh, all right. I, I, I'm thinking I've forgotten something. Perhaps the... Was there a history of Irish soap I was supposed to go into? I think there was. Whatever. Moisture Blast. Get it. It's fucking slippery soap. It's fucking awesome. Irish Spring is Irish Spring. It's fine. It's fresh. It smells like the two things it says on the box. But if you want a fucking moisture blast, man, you fucking get an Irish. But I will tell you this. Here's the bad news about Irish spring moisture blast soap. It's gone in like a week. Like you can have a bar of soap. And look, I know there's a lot of real estate on me to fucking clean, but you're fucking scrubby dubby and you're fucking rolling it. And all of a sudden at the end of the week, you just got this ridiculous credit card size piece of soap that you could fucking pick a lock with. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, what the fuck happened to my moisture blast? Well, it's because you're blasting yourself with moisture all fucking week. Eventually you're going to lose the goddamn thing. Uh, all right, man, let's talk about some things. Let's talk about Christmas because this is, again, I wasn't going to do, uh, it's, 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 yes, I'm probably giving myself permission to not do a Christmas show, but I've done, I've look, I've talked, there's a bunch of garbage you've listened to now. I've ruined your Christmas week up to this point. And now that I think about it next week, I'm going to have to fucking record on new year's day. Or am I not? I think I am. Isn't new year's day is a fucking Wednesday. I guess I could record before that. I could record on New Year's Eve. What do you want to do that? You want to stay up with me? Let's stay up and tell ghost stories on New Year's Eve and I'll fucking record a podcast. You guys will fucking, <laughs> I'll take calls next week. That'll be fun. Uh, I don't have the capacity for that. I can barely record my own fucking voice. Don't, don't, nobody's Skyping in. <sighs> Although it'd be nice to have a guest sometime. 
Uh, not really. See, I will tell you this. This is, and this is completely truthful, and it's my ego at work, and you know this. Uh, part of me thought to myself, you know what? If I had a guest, I could talk to a guest, and that would be fun, and I would have a fun show. But also, I don't want to fucking talk to anybody because that's what makes this show unique. Is that it's just me, and it's a fucking rampaging monologue about nothing. So if I got a fucking guest in here, and then I got to sit back like fucking William F. Buckley and just be like, well, tell us your thoughts on the gypsies and the hippies, hippies, hippies and the gypsies, gypsy. Why is there an M in there? Fuck. Um, you know, cause, cause everybody's just like, oh, it's just, it's another podcast with fucking all, you know, three white dudes having a shout match. And, uh, and look, there's, there's a lot of those certainly. And uh, you know what we need now is more famous people doing podcasts. Can we get that possibly? Oh my God. I love them. Uh, as I've mentioned, Shirley Manson, just killing it. Conan O'Brien dominating, inventing podcasting. The girls from the office just apparently just needed a, I don't know, a new car. Each one of them. So they said, yeah, we'll do that podcast. Duh. Here's what it was like on the set of the of the office. Tee hee, let's have some coffee and talk about it. And then we will buy Mercedes fucking SUVs with this paycheck. Meanwhile, I call audible.com and I'm like, hey, you guys want to sponsor me? No. What about Casper Mattress? No. I've never called any of those guys, by the way. All right. Um, so, uh, so I hope you had a good Christmas. I, uh, you know, I, I had a good Christmas, I suppose. It was, um, I had, you know, last week, let's talk about this last week, December 20th which was Friday, I had the Twitch Christmas special, and uh, which is still available. You can actually check it out on Twitch right now. It's actually saved. It was, uh, it was a crazy, crazy amount of fun. And I had a guest on that. Uh, last year, Ahmad was here, and we did the Twitch Christmas special. And it was fun to have him, certainly. Uh, hold on. Fuck. Uh, you know, that was, that's Ben Franklin getting back to me. Uh, he throat fucked me, baby. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> all this is just terrible. I'm yawning, sniffling like an idiot. Uh, I'm sniffling because it's fucking pouring rain here in Los Angeles. It started raining today, and I think it's supposed to rain for like four days or some shit. It's fucking crazy. Um, so I had a Twitch Christmas party, which I told you guys about, and a lot of you were were possibly tuned in. Uh, if you didn't, like I said, it's available still on Twitch right now. You can go ahead and check it out. And and so that was really my Christmas. You know, I um. I don't have anybody. I don't have family uh, around here. I mean, I have Lenny, but he was out of town. Um, so, so I didn't have anyone to spend the day with uh, today and or yesterday, Christmas Eve. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that like some fucking boo-hoo bullshit. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, you know what's weird, man? I walk a thin line between compassion and fuck you. And that, that's a weird line to walk. It's, it's a lot of people have trouble with this time of year. A lot of people have trouble with the holidays and it brings up echoes of bad childhoods or, or relationships with parents or, or some suffered great loss. And I have great empathy for those people. I, I feel awful for them, but this, uh, <laughs> social media trend of, of airing it out at, at, great length where people will write like a six paragraph thing. And then look, I do the same fucking thing. I shouldn't bitch. I got the attaboy fit brigade, which I'm starting up again in January. And our great friend, Liana is looking for some people to go ahead and, and get on board with her. And I'm, I'm getting on board with her. Um, but, but I, I, and this is, again, this is the thing I'm, I'm going to criticize people for doing something that I do, but I think I do it well. I, and, and there are people who want to hear from me. I don't fucking know. What the fuck am I talking about? 
all I know is there are people like there's there, there's a guy on Twitter and he, he there's a bunch of people. Everybody does this where they're like, oh, it's it's so depressing. I can't get out of bed. I'm, I'm on the couch right now. There's nothing I can do. And they just write these things on Twitter or on Facebook for people to just go ahead and swoop in. And I like I said, I have great empathy for people who are who are suffering and I don't want them to suffer. I want them to to feel uh, to be happy. But also I can't you know, you you it's not about making them happy. Like, cause there's also that, that part of you that wants to swoop in and go, Hey, what can I do? Are you okay? Let me, I, why don't you talk about it? Why don't you tell me about this? And then they don't want to talk about it. They don't, they can't, or they don't want to, or they're just like, Oh no, it's no big deal. It's my cross to bear. Well, yeah, but you just fucking planted this cross in the middle of the fucking courtyard and invited everybody to talk about it. And, and it's judgmental certainly for me to talk like this. And I don't mean to, cause like I said, I, I, I certainly opt to be, uh, empathetic, a lot more than I am to be judgmental. Um, but I have to admit it's this weird and it's part of me. It's just part of how I was raised. You know, it's like when I talk about being fat or heavy and I'm like, fuck this, I got to fucking fix this man. And and there are people who are like, man, just be happy how you are. And I get that. And that's a cool way to be. And that's, that's how the jippies and the himpsies would think about hipsies. Fuck no M would probably, would probably tell you to be, but, um, I also grew up at a time where I was like, Hey man, fucking fix yourself. What the fuck? What are you going to do? You're just going to fucking be like this. Just fucking fucking fix it. Change it. And, uh, without, you know, you have to acknowledge that, Oh my gosh, it's difficult sometimes to change things or these lifelong behaviors and stuff like that. But at the same time, uh, just fucking do it. Right. Nobody wants to hear your fucking bitch about it. I don't know. It's this weird. There there's, I'm, there's part of me that is like a preschool teacher who's empathetic and wants to, to, help children. And then there's part of me that's just like a stevedore who's like, Oh, you dropped an anvil on your foot. Well, you better start hopping. You got four more hours of your work shift left. You know what I mean? It's just this weird thing that lives inside me. And I don't even know what or why or how, and it's, it's, you know, we life changes every day and you try and you try to grow and learn, but both of those things exist inside me. And I'm just trying to find a, a twain, I suppose, where they will meet, even though we've all heard never the twain shall meet. Last Friday, I had the, the the Twitch party, and it was fucking amazing. It was, uh, you know, people are just super generous. And, and so I had a guest, as I mentioned. Um, my good friend Pat Francis stopped in. And by stopped in, I mean he spent the whole goddamn stream with me. And, and, and I think, you know what's funny is I think it may have led him to think that maybe he should do some Twitch stuff, perhaps. Because he, he was, he had such fun doing it. He told me, he's like, that was crazy how fun that was. And I'm like, I know it's, it's really fun. And also it's fun when you're doing something like that with somebody who is funny and, and you know, you yes. And each other, like I, he, he, he brought some special guests of his own. I don't want to give it away. If you want to go watch the stream, it's still available on Twitch. Uh, but we had the most amazing time and, uh, and I, and I can't thank enough the people who tuned in to help me out and were there. Um, and everybody and people sent gifts and look, I, I, the Twitch stream is up. So if you want to see the gifts, they're on there, go watch the Twitch stream. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of them. Uh, I apologize if I don't mention you, please don't, uh, you know, I, I mentioned you all on the Twitch stream and did that, but bringing it here, I'm just, I'm just going to talk a little bit about, um, what it was like because people, people reached out, people sent me gifts to my house. People sent me gifts to the PO box and I had to go pick them up that day. And I probably opened I'm going to say 30 gifts. That's going to be a rough estimate. And, and people are just, un, I, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I went to Phoenix 
And um, I had been told, you know, I, I knew some Amazon packages would be coming to my house. So I asked my neighbor to grab them. And then when I got home, I, I swear to God, I talked about this on here. But uh, when I got home from Phoenix, I walked up to my door and there was a four foot tall box that weighed 60 pounds outside. And I brought that in and it is a, um, it's a gaming chair. It's a new desk chair that I'm sitting in right now as I talk to you guys. And it was courtesy of listener Ann Zill. Uh, unbelievable reaching out. And also, uh, well, uh, I'll get to that in a second. But and and she sent this chair. And, and it's just, again, it's that thing where you just, I can't even stress it to you how unbelievably generous people are. And so for Ann to think of me and, and get me this chair, it's because it's, I, you know, I needed it. And I know that sounds weird, but I needed a new chair for the desk. And uh, and she got it for me, which was so fucking cool. Um, our friend Colleen in Cincinnati, she sent me uh, just a pile of stuff. She sent me like four cans of Cincinnati chili. She sent me a really clean fucking baseball hat from like the Freedom Hawks or whoever the fucking team was we went and saw two years ago uh, or last year in, on the 4th of July. And it's just, a, just I mean... Such a great package for her to send that. Our friend Tanya sent me a uh, like a scrub brush for my. She's like, I know you're gonna be like last year. Anne sent me a keto cookbook, and Tanya this year's like, I know you're gonna be cooking more, so she gave me a scrub brush for my cast iron skillet because I don't know if you own a cast iron skillet. It's fucking bananas to try to clean the goddamn thing. You know if you it's supposed to. I use handfuls of salt. Like I know I'm not supposed to use soap, so I just use salt and water to clean my skillet. Well, now she gave me this brush, so I'm excited about that to go ahead and use that. Um South Philly Paul sent me uh, Bluetooth earbuds and uh, and a, a game for the PS4, a Mad Max game, which was fucking cool. Uh, you know, I, and I get I'm not going to make this fucking romper room, but everybody thought of me. Everybody was amazing. Everybody was super great. And uh, oh, our friend Jamie sent me a turntable, a fucking turntable and vinyl. She sent me the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack on vinyl, along with the turntable to play it on. I mean, that's how do you fucking? That's insane. So, and, and, uh, our, our friend Bridget sent me, um, a book on Ireland and she sent me a Chicago bears hoodie for Christmas, which is so cool. Uh, I, everybody's great. Everybody's fantastic. Everybody who thought of me is just the absolute best. And I thank you. Uh, and I love you guys. You know, it's amazing. And I, I said all this on the Twitch stream, which exists and you can go watch it. Um, but I, I want to talk, you know, people sent me things were great. But there are some people who actually kind of like hand make stuff. Like last year, Liana made me a time zone converter for the 40-year-old boy. It's this it's this framed map of the world with all the different time zones so I can tell people what time the streams are. It's just so when people make that that level of thoughtfulness. And um, so our friend Stephen Brogy, uh, uh, Brogy, I apologize, in, um, in Canada, he sent me uh, – and I saw the package and I was like, oh man, I, I don't know if it was a poster or what it was, but uh, Pat gave it to me. He said, this is heavy. And I opened it up and, uh, and Steve, Steven sent me a, a note that said, Hey man, I know you watched the walking dead and you fast forwarded all of Negan's scenes. So, uh, I made this for you and I fucking pulled it out. This dude, fucking Steven Brogy in Canada, uh, former ax throwing champion now dethroned by me this year. Uh, cause he didn't show up. But anyway, I still, who cares? I took home the title. Uh, um, he sent me my own Lucille, uh, my own barbed wire wrapped baseball bat. He made it and it's, uh, it's fucking legit. It's like, I'm looking at it right now. It's just, it's crazy that somebody would send that to me. And I, and again, I just love the fact that that came through customs. 
he he literally went there. He fucking risked it. He's like, I'm sure they're like, hey, what is this? And he's just like, oh, yeah, it's a movie prop. Uh, yeah, it's a fucking baseball bat wrapped in goddamn barbed wire for my friend in California who's probably going to need it for the coming water wars. Good for you, Stephen Brogy, for thinking of me uh, and arming me. So I, I, I just, again, it's handmade, thoughtful, incredible stuff like that. And everything, look, I'm not saying anything's preferable. This fucking chair I'm in is fucking amazing. Scrub brush is fucking cool. All, all of the... The books I received, our buddy Chuck, dude, Chuck got me a signed Jim Cornette limited edition fucking book, as well as uh, signed eight by tens from Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA, who were wrestlers in the NWA back in the fucking 80s. And then he got me a signed fucking eight by 10 with precious Paul Ellering and animal from the fucking Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. And if Hawk was alive, I'm sure Chuck would have found him as well. God damn it. And and and. I'm so lucky to have people think of me like this and send me cool ass shit. And I, and I, and I love it so much. And I'm, I know, uh, you know, you're like, Oh, well then you should do a real show today. I, I sort of, I guess I am. I don't know. I'm just telling you stuff. I'm just, I, I, cause now I'm going to get in my own head. I oh, should have done a fucking show, whatever. Um, last year, our friend Julius, uh, sent me a Funko. Now you know what Funkos are. She sent me a 40 year old boy Funko, which, she handmade <laughs> and even had the hair done right. It had the, you know, he's wearing the outfit. It's just, it's incredible. So this year, uh, she sent me something, but, but she somehow, she got Mex involved. Like Mex contacted me and he's like, Hey, are you going to be around? FedEx is coming by. And I said, yeah. And then the day Friday, you know, so he's like, he needed my home address. And he's like, do you trust this person with your home address? I'm like, sure. I, you know, I, anybody can send me stuff. That's totally fine. I mean, I, I'm not going to give it out on the air, but if you've got, cause I mean, there are people, you know, there's a very, um, lovely listener who sometimes she's like, I want to send cash for the show and, uh, she'll send it to me. And she's like, I don't want to send it to your PO box just in case. So I gave her my home address, you know, anybody who reaches out and, and it's, you know, there's a, I mean, South Philly was late with a gift last year. So I don't, I don't care what the fuck am I doing? What are you, I, if I get Selena, I get fucking Selena. That's fine. You know what I mean? It's a better story. If I get Selena, uh, please, I'm not encouraging any Selena. Please nobody Selena me, but just it's out there. What the fuck? If people need it, who cares? I'm not, who am I? I'm nobody. So, um, he contacts me. He's like, well, FedEx is, they got to get a hold of you. It's going to be two days delivery. I said, that's fine. Whatever. So Friday, like I had told everybody, I said, I'm going to leave Friday, go, go pick up the gifts at the part at the PO box. I show up there. There's fucking, there's all just piles of gifts. And the funny thing is I, cause I have a PO box. So I open it up and it has these slips that you have to turn into the desk to get your stuff. But it also had a key for a locker. And I, I wasn't sure if I was going to really get anything. Cause I mean, nobody was really responding when I talked about the Twitch stream. Nobody was saying, cool. I'll see you there. Nobody was our, our buddy. Andrew Bennett made it on Facebook and it said like six people were going to attend and that's fine. You know what I mean? I, and again, cause it wasn't about me getting shit, but at the same time I was trying to figure out, cause last year I opened Jesus Christ, a ton of stuff. And so I had to go pick it up and I just had to gauge exactly what I was going to have. So I get there and I get the slips and, um, I turn them into the guy and he brings out like fucking 12 gifts. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Well, I'll have some stuff to open. That's nice. Cause there were still four at the house. But then I took the key and I opened up this locker and there was another like 12 gifts in there. And I just, and I laughed out loud in the fucking post office. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I had to fucking put them in two containers and carry them out. Um, and then I opened them on the air and it was just, and everybody sent me food, dude, fucking, uh, our buddy, I, who was it who sent me? Oh, Andrew sent me, uh, 
unagi flavored lays like eel flavored lays i got salted egg flavored chips from our buddy reuben uh i oh and so uh i got montgomery and barbecue sauce from from colleen as well and i got some fancy ass barbecue chips uh oh and dude get this gift listen to this fucking gift uh, i'll get the jillies in a second but uh our great friend tresha uh tresha and ken our, our secret asian ken he's our good friend up in fucking uh canada um Tresha has been, you know, she's been with me from the beginning. Tresha actually came out or she went to the Monday Night Tees. I'll tell you how long she's been a fan of this fucking show. She and I went to the Tees together. Um, and that was fucking cool as, as hell to hang out with her. I see her when I go to Canada. Um, she comes to the streams sometimes when she's not reading one of 30 books a week. And um, and I'm, I'm just, again, as I've mentioned before, I'm grateful and and humbled that these people want to be part of my life and have let me be part of their lives for so long. So when I was in Canada in the summer, Tresha gave me a uh, like a stitched, a framed uh, stitched panel, and it has like a like a child blowing a dandelion, which is fancy, and it says "Dream, Wish, Hope, Believe." Uh, and I, I, which I, you know, you have to. I mean, I I, I love that um, because I always talk about hope. And how we have to have hope. And I mean, look, this whole fucking enterprise, me talking into a fucking Christmas day, talking into a fucking laptop and giving it to you guys tomorrow. This is this is all a dream and uh, and and a wish that's that's still in the in the process of coming true. And then um, I believe that it will. And, and I and I have hope that I will eventually be what you guys have expected me to be, you know, so. So that's a powerful message to me. Dream, wish, hope, believe it might sound, you know, again, it sounds like some, Hey, dance, like everybody's not watching or whatever the fuck bullshit, but it's, uh, it's powerful. If you boil it down to its essence and those four words, that's the essence I'm chasing a dream. Uh, I'm living just basically on a fucking wish and I have to have hope and belief that eventually this is going to pay off. And, and I have to work hard enough to make that hope and belief come true. So I, I was happy to get that from her and I, I put it on my shelf. I can see it right now. I'm, I have a bookcase with, uh, it's got a framed photo of Valentine, my godson, when he was younger, it's got a framed photo of Valentine's christening and it's me and his godmother, Heather and, uh, David and Kristen and the, uh, the Padre who was in charge of that, the priest. Then I have a photo in the center framed of, uh, me and my great friend, Jeff, uh, I was the, um, best man at his wedding and it's from his wedding. It's one of my favorite photos ever. It's a black and white and it's, uh, I'm in a tux. He's in a tux and I, it looks like he looks almost like a weird mob boss and, he, and I'm just like backing him up or trying to get him out of the room before some crazy shit happens. But he's got this maniacal grin on his face. Cause he always had a maniacal grin on his face. I haven't talked to Jeff in like three years. I should probably fix that. And then also on the shelf is, uh, is dream wish, hope, believe. So Tresha popped into the stream and she said, Hey, um, I sent, you have to open my gift. And I said, okay. And I, but I, I don't look at who the gifts are from. I just open boxes. And then of course there's slips in there and I read it on the air and I say, Oh, I got this and it's from this person. And that's great. I try not to look at the address labels at first because I want to, I want to have an air of surprise. It's fun. Well, she, uh, she said, well, no, it's not in a box. She goes, you remember what she goes, did you take home? Do you remember what I gave you in, in July when you were in Canada or in August or whenever it was? And, uh, and she had given me a, she gave me a book as well, like a self-help book. Um, and I was like, well, all right. She gave me the book real love, which is, which is also here on my desk. 
But also I said, you gave me, yeah, you gave me dream, wish, hope, believe. And she said, all right, you, it's in there, your gift. And I, I didn't know what that was. So I had my buddy Pat give me the frame and I opened it up. And in the back of the frame, there was an envelope. And, uh, <laughs> I, and it was funny because I joked on the air. I go, what if this is heroin? Like, I, you know, I'd smuggle it in from Canada in a fucking, in a dream, wish, hope, believe fucking crochet square or whatever the fuck. Uh, but it turned out it was, um, it was a cash gift that had been sitting in my house since the summer and I had no idea. And, and Tresha, but Tresha, she set the trap fucking six months ago, uh, and couldn't wait for the Christmas stream to tell me, yeah, oh, the gifts in there, the patience to sit on that, to know that it was here to just, I mean, dude, I, I just, you guys are amazing. It's just, it's just, it never ceases to surprise me what you people will do. And how how good you will make me feel when you're doing it. Thank you. It's incredible. So uh so she she sent cash. She smuggled it in six months ago. I was a mule. I was a goddamn cash mule. I had no idea. Um, but that was nice of her. And also our buddy uh Justin, who I stayed with a couple of weeks ago, he sent me something and um incredibly generous. You know, it is people are just too nice. They're just fucking nice as hell. So Jillius, uh, FedEx is, is, you know, supposed to come to the house. So Friday I leave and I go to the post office and I get all the gifts and I come back and then Megs calls me and I'm supposed to go on live at five o'clock Pacific time. And he calls me, I think it was at like four twenty, And he says, Hey, look, uh, and he, it turns out FedEx had, I had left for an hour to go run errands and get the gifts. And in that hour, FedEx had come to my house. And they didn't leave the package. They took it and they brought it off to their fucking, well, let's put it this way. They took it and they had it on the truck. And he, at 420, he's like, can you go check? Can you make a call? And I said, well, I'll do whatever you need me to do or whatever. And he was working as a middleman for the person who had got me to the gift, who it turns out was our friend Jillius. Uh, but she and Max were working on this thing together. And then finally, he, he talked to Jillius and she talked to FedEx and it turned out that the, the gift was at the pickup station, but by this time it was like 4.45 and it's 15 minutes from my house. So look, you know me, I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm trying to do my best to not be perpetually late. It doesn't make sense to be late all the time, but I'm late sometimes and that's not cool. Uh, but if I'm doing a Christmas party... <laughs> where I'm I, like 30 people have sent me gifts. I can't be late for that. Like, I mean, I, I've advertised it for a month and told people five o'clock and I can't just be like, ah, you know what? Maybe I'll show up. I'll be there. And it just, it just, it, I couldn't do it. I wanted to go and I felt bad for Jillius because she had sent the gift and I had just, I had ducked out for an hour to go get the other gifts. Um, and I, I just, but there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could do. So I couldn't open it on the air. And then I was, of course, fucking wrecked because then I wrote her and I'm like, look, what do you want me to do? I'm happy to fucking do a Facebook stream. I can do another Twitch stream. I can do all this. And then um, again, because I make things gigantic, she wrote me. She's like, she's like, oh, my gosh, no. She goes, she goes, I want to tackle everybody at fucking FedEx right now. She goes, but open it whenever you get it. That's totally fine. And um, and I was like, all right, well, which makes sense. But also, you know, people go through the fucking I mean, you FedEx something from Boston or whatever the fuck. I mean, you, you go through the hard work of doing it. It's just it would be nice to get some recognition for it, certainly within the Twitch stream. But for a month, I'd been billing it at five o'clock and it just, it just couldn't get in there under the wire. So the next day 
was Saturday. And I, you know, I said, I texted her and I'm like, Hey, I can go grab it. I can do a Facebook thing. She's like, whenever you get it, just open it. It's totally fine. You know, I just want you to enjoy it. And that's, that's good. So I said, all right. So Saturday I went to go pick it up at FedEx and I was here at the house. I had to get some stuff done. And I, I, so I walk out the door and I, um, I decided to go check my mail. And I will be honest with you. I check my mail like twice a week. And by twice a week, I might mean once a week. And I might mean once every two weeks. Because I know I'm not getting any fucking mail. Nobody's sending me anything. Every, all bills are electronic now. So who the fuck cares? But um, around Christmas, you got to check a little more. So I check twice a week. So on that Saturday, I walked out of my house, my apartment. And I walked to the front of the apartment complex. And that's where my mailboxes are. And as I'm checking the mailbox, FedEx walks up to the gate. And I see him punch the box and he's looking because I'm, I'm not in the box because I don't have a landline. So he starts scrolling through and I look at him and I go, what apartment? And he goes, eight. I go, that's me. And he goes, what's your name? I said, Mike Schmidt. And he goes, yeah, that's you. And I opened the door. I signed for it. He gave me the package. And then I had, I had my Phillies hoodie on and he wanted to talk about the Phillies for fucking six minutes. And so we want to talk at the, at the gate for that. But it made me laugh because, I mean, I... Again, I never check my mail. Very rarely. The only reason I was doing it was because it was Christmas. And I was I was 15 seconds away from walking away from the fucking gate. And I would have missed it another fucking day. I would have missed the goddamn thing. And I was on my way to FedEx to pick it up. That was the crazy part. I had left my house to go to FedEx and run some errands. and uh, But he just happened to walk up to the gate just as I was walking away from my phone, my, my mailbox. And... Uh, and so I got the package and I opened it up. You know, I, well, I should say I got in the house and I texted her again. She's like, no, open it once you get it. I'm holding it right now. And uh, there's a card from her. It said, Merry Christmas, Mike, uh, and a very happy new year. I borrowed Mex to create this gift for you. We hope you like it. Love Jill and Mex. And I have it in my hand right now. And it is, uh, again, like I told you, she handmade a fucking Funko for me last year. So, of course, she's going to go that, that extra fucking mile again. Uh, I have a box. <laughs> of 40-year-old boy crayons in front of me. Little Schmitty's on the box. He's writing Schmitty rules on a picket fence. Eight colors, actual crayons. They're in, they're in the box. Uh, and on the back of the box, it's, it's got a helicopter, which is beautiful. Draw your own little Schmitty. And there's copy. There's, I mean, it's from, it's, again, everybody goes above and beyond. And, and so Jillian's got Mex involved, so Mex did the artwork on the box. And, uh, and it's skull pie red. Uh, a hand solo blue on the talent peach beanie is brown max heart black you need to stop that yellow everybody cares green and uber puke purple that's the color of the fucking crayons i have right now hey kids now you can own a set of the very same crayons used by the 40 year old boy himself mike schmidt so color that fence graffiti that wall jab them into someone's eyeball uh and and it's crazy i have two boxes that, that were sent to me and I'm not kidding you. You open them up and the I just, I'm just, oh, and it says it's got a 40 year old boy label on the cartoon and it says, I'm the talent peach. It's just dudes. I live the best life. I mean, you guys thinking of me making things happen and, and she reaches out to Max. Max does it in a clandestine fashion. Everybody. I mean, it's just, I cannot stress enough to you guys how, how much this means to me. And and uh, again, Jillius just fucking outdoes herself. So I have 40-year-old boy crayons here. Uh, I'll put up, you know what? I'll put them up on the Joker's page and you'll, you'll see the, the work that went into them. And um, I, I wish I could have opened them during the stream, but it would have fit in great with everybody else with Brogy and his fucking barbed wire bat. And like I said, all the food prizes I got from everybody. And, and you know, Bridget sent me a bunch of cookies as well. And, and 
It was it was phenomenal. I mean, everybody thinking of me on Christmas. It you're just you're unbelievably generous and super nice, and and I love you guys. And and again, without you, none of this is happening. And that can sound maudlin, that can sound phony if you say it too many times. But I think you all know. You know how much I appreciate everything you've done. Um, your generosity and your support is is ridiculous. And uh, you know, I have I done a show for twelve fucking years, so do I earn it? You're goddamn right, I do. I'm the fucking talent. But at the same time, uh, you guys never cease to amaze me how far you're willing to go to do cool things for me, and it makes me incredibly happy. And and I can't thank you enough. And it makes Christmas special. You know, Christmas. Christmas has been special my entire life. I've talked, you know, I've done shows in the past about when I was a kid and, um, yeah, we were broke. So we had no fucking toys when we were kids. We had to go for toys for tots, go to a church, go to a school and get free shit. And then I would get stuff like theater tickets and it would be the greatest gift of all time. You know, I, I received a subscription to sports illustrated. God, did I love that? Cause I loved reading. I loved sports. I mean, it just, it was just, that was a, that was a perfect gift. Um, you've heard the story of Kiss Alive too, the best Christmas gift I ever received. Um, when I was a kid, my best adult Christmas gift was, you know, six years ago, I wound up, uh, going to Bears Packers in Soldier Field and watching fourth and eight, unfortunately <laughs> watching, watching fucking Chris Conti bite on a move and have Randall Cobb extinguish the bears in Soldier Field. But that that gift was something that kind of came out of the blue. I mean, my ex got it for me and it was, you know, she, it was a plane ticket and bears tickets, which were so fucking expensive because the game was for the fucking, oops, that card just fell. The game is for the division title. And, uh, but that was back when, you know, in the, when, when they were still dreaming, wishing and hoping and believing in that phase of that relationship. Um, so I, I, I love Christmas, you know, my ex-wife loved it. And, uh, and, you know, occasionally that'll flare up, you know, where I, I, I made a joke once, like when, after she left also in 2013 and I was like, uh, uh, or was it 2014 that, that no, no, 2013 is when, when my ex and I went to the bears Packers. Um, I don't know. It's all a fucking blur. Who the fuck knows? Uh, one year I tied her up naked in Christmas lights. I, I I don't even remember what year that was, but it was a fucking good one. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, and my ex-wife, she she loved Christmas. She loved all of it. She loved the pageantry. She loved. She'd light the menorah. She was fucking into it. And and I, you know what? I I was into Christmas certainly as a kid. And then as I got older, I was like, oh well, Christmas is a thing. But then getting married to somebody who loved it so much, it reinvigorated it for me. And so now it's. It's a big deal to me, man. I do love it. I, I, I've i wound up spending Christmas alone the past couple of years. You know, actually, this is, uh, this is the fourth year in a row, I think. Um, I think this, I think 2016 or 17, I was at Matt Weinhold's for Christmas Eve. But Christmas Day, I've been, I've been alone um, the last few years. And I have a thing where on, on Christmas Eve... I go to a movie and I go get. I've stole. I've stolen <laughs> the uh, the the Jewish Christmas Eve. I, I go to a movie and I and I uh, I get Chinese food or just food. You know whatever's available. Um, you know, in 2015, I went to see Hateful Eight with my ex, and we went. There was a really good Chinese restaurant we went to, and then we went to the theater. And um, it's magical to go into the theater on Christmas Eve and come out of the theater on Christmas Day. 
I know it's not supposed to be any different. It's just another day, another night, but it's different. You know, you know, it's just this magical transformation where you're everybody's, you know, on the precipice of a holiday, you go in and you're in the dark for a couple hours and then you come outside and it's Christmas day. I love it. I, I just love the symbolism of it. I love everything about it. That time in 2015, when, when Jill and I went to see hateful eight, you know, it was a three hour movie. And, uh, we went to Chinese food beforehand and that was, you know, that was when things were good. And then I went to the, the movie and we walked out and it was snowing and it was snowing and it was crisp and cold and you saw your breath and, uh, and it was Christmas and it was just, it was a clear sky. Even though there was snow, it was fucking beautiful. And this year I, uh, I, I went out yesterday um, yesterday night and I went to, I had sushi, you know, it was funny. I was debating. I was actually, I was going to whore up my Christmas Eve. I was like, well, I can go to two movies. You know, there's a few movies I want to see. And then I was like, what if I go to three movies? What if I just spent the whole fucking day in the movie theater? But that would have taken the edge off, man. And it would have been, it wouldn't have been nearly as magical for me to go to, because then you're just seeing movies. You know what I mean? It's not about the transformation, the, the, the bridge from Christmas Eve to Christmas day. I would have still seen a movie late, but that's the thing I was trying to do the math on it. Because here's what I was, I was going to see Knives Out, which I hear is a really good movie. And I was also going to go see Cats. Cats entered the fray at the last minute because um, everybody is talking about how fucking ludicrous it is. And so I was like, man, I should see this because they're going to fix it. That's another thing. They're sending out all these fucking patches. I guess there's people with human hands and actual shoes and shit and cats. And I'm like, well, I got to go see this fucking mess before they fix it. But then as I started thinking, I'm like, why are you spending $20 to go see something you don't like? I mean, I don't like cats. I don't care about cats. Uh, I would go see it because it was weird. But I mean, I could just rent it when it's weird later. It's still going to be fucking weird. It's not like they're going to fix the plot or anything. Um, so I just went, I, I, I iced that where I was like, I can't do three movies. And so then I was trying to figure out a window to see Knives Out. And then there was another movie. The movie I knew I was seeing for sure was a movie called Uncut Gems. And it's Adam Sandler. And, uh, and I had, I had heard, you know, I tried not to learn too much about it, but the, just the trailer alone made me think it would be an intense movie. So I wanted to make sure I saw it last. That was going to be the movie that took me from Christmas Eve to Christmas day. And as I was trying to do the machinations and figure it out, I'm like, well, cats is at this time and the knives out is here, but I could go see, uh, you know, uncut gems early and then go ahead and see knives out at 11 o'clock. But I didn't want that. I, because also I knew that Uncut Gems was going to be the kind of movie I was going to have to sit with and process. So I didn't want to go see what I thought would be an intense movie and then go right away to see Knives Out 10 minutes later. I just I would prefer to unpack what I'd seen with Uncut Gems. So I went to sushi in the afternoon and then I was like, you know what? I, I went home. I hung out at my house yesterday and I just fucking, I watched some baking show. I watched some, <laughs> I've, I've activated my Netflix and I'm watching great British baking show constantly. And, uh, and then I was going to go out and then I fell asleep on the couch and I'm like, all right, well maybe I don't go see a double feature. And you know what? I said, you know what? Your fucking tradition is one movie. Just go to one movie, go see uncut gems at 11 o'clock. So I did, I went, uh, last night and I went to see this movie and, uh, Jesus Christ dudes. It is, it is so, it is a brutal fucking fist in the gut of a movie. It is just noisy and, and is a, it, there's a cacophony, it's loud. 
And it is if, it's as if 1977 New York was turned into a film. It's so New York. There's there's Jewish people. There's Italian people. There's fucking mobsters. There's uh, it's it's you know and and it's 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 a lot of Jew Jewish guys and a lot of black guys saying motherfucker over and over. And I know if, if that's not your thing, don't go see it. But it is there is there are threats of violence. There is real violence. There is violence in the air throughout the entire film. It is intense from the fucking jump. From the second it starts, there's tension. And it just gets ratcheted up and ratcheted up. And you're I'm you're waiting for a release. You're just waiting for a fucking release. And it never comes like I, you know, you're halfway through the movie. You're three, two, three. And just and things keep getting worse. But then they get better. But then they get worse. But there but there's even when they get better on one front, because there's Adam Sandler's character. There's there's got to be 15 different fires he's putting out at any given time. And he's trying and it's it's just crazy. It's crazy. And it is phenomenal, and you should go see it. It's so good. Uh, there, it's funny. There's there's a part in the movie where, uh, I mean, people were cheering and yelling in this movie. There's only like 15 of us, 20 of us in the theater. But we were, there, was, there was, a lot, it was a lot of, oh, no, like a lot of that stuff. And some one guy, like he, the guy in the back row with me, he and I were going crazy, like the entire fucking movie, because there's, you're just, you can't contain yourself. You're like, oh, dude, like it's just crazy how many, how many, I keep saying crazy because I can't think of a, a better word. It is just, because I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to tell you stuff, but just when you think things are fine, they're not. And it just won't fucking stop. And, uh, and I loved it. I mean, it's just, it, and that's, this is because I, it's funny. I posted that I was going to see it on Facebook and a guy was like, I would think that you would see star Wars. And I mean, you know what, man, I just don't care. I might see star Wars, but I don't. And I'm not saying this in a shitty way to that person. It was a, a, a listener and I'm, I, I'm good for him, but I, 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 I just have no interest. And I like, you know what I want to see again? I'm old. So that's why when I talked about the Irishman, like that's, that's what I want to see. Like I want to see this movie, which is which is a New York movie and fucking down in the gutter and a lot of fucking small time hoods and a lot of shit going on. And, and you know what it did? It made me want to see, cause the, the, the guy, the, 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 it's a brother team who directed it and wrote it. And the first movie they ever did was a movie called good time with Robert Pattinson from twilight. And in my head, I was like, cause I'd heard about that for, it's been like a year and a half. I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, well, I'd like to see that movie. Well, I came home um, you know, it was late on, on Christmas Eve night or whatever Christmas day. And then, uh, today I, I watched fucking good time on Amazon prime. And I watched that and you can see where they were going. It's funny. They made good time in 2017. You make uncut gems two years later, you see how they took their same ideas and their same atmosphere and their same environment and they grow on it. And also they get a better cast. You've got Pattinson, but then it's a bunch of people who aren't, aren't, are, I don't want to say no names. Because the the dude from fucking Captain Phillips, or whatever. I'm the captain now. That dude, he's in the movie, but uh, he's the only other recognizable actor for me. But then in fucking, you know, you're looking at at, at uncut gems, dude. Fucking Bogosian's in it, dude. I mean, Bogosian's the king. Fucking Bogosian's in it. Sandler's in it. Judd Hirsch is in it. Just all these people doing fucking amazing work. Idina Menzel. Oh man, are they fucking great? She looks at Sandler at one point. I don't even, I don't even want to give it away. I just, it's just, everybody's fucking great. They get, it's like they went and got the stellar cast and they just, and they, but they still stayed in their same fucking milieu, like crime and fucking hoods and kind of, cause the Pattinson movie, that's just fucking, 
that's the ultimate in just fucking small timers, man. It is wild. And I watched it and it's, it's good. It is good. That's by the way, it's my thumb, by the way, I keep moving and I make noises and I'm like, Oh fuck, they're going to hear that and be freaked out. No, it's just, it's like my chair squeaking, whatever the fuck. But, um, but it's, it's good. Good time. But you can see what they learned on Good Time and what they brought to Uncut Gems. And you got to see Uncut Gems. It's it's a fucking home run. It's so good. And I was able to see that because that's also a gift. Uh, it was a Chris, It was a birthday gift from Anne who got me this chair that I'm sitting in. Uh, the lovely and talented, uh, we call her the princess in the chat stream, um, Anne Zill, who... who wound up getting me a gift card from my favorite theater. She lives in Ohio and she just from this show, she knew what my favorite theater was and got me a gift card. Fucking again, this is what I'm talking about. You guys are the best. So I watched uncut gems and uh, like I said, I emerged into Christmas day movie started at 11. It ended about one twenty, and I walked outside and right when I got outside, you know, it's on sunset Boulevard. And there were people milling about. Um, oh, I, oh, I should tell you this. Uh, yeah, you know what? I got to tell you this. In the arc light, they have a bunch of like movie stuff set up. So they have the costumes from the movie Us. Now, I haven't seen Us, but it was the costumes from Us. And then they had like a red stormtrooper guy from Star Wars in the lobby. So uh, I always like to take a photo of that stuff. And I try to take a selfie. But some, I mean, this this just the setup of the stormtrooper was weird. But I don't give a fuck. I got a long arm. So I get in there. I'm trying to take a photo and make it work. And it's that thing where you get a little self-conscious because people are like watching you (laughs) take four selfies to find the best one. But at least it was late. There weren't very many people left in the theater. It was just like one couple and then some stragglers. And then a a guy goes, hey, do you want me to take a photo of you? I said, oh, man, you don't have to do that. He goes, no, man, I'm I'm happy to. You want me to take a photo? I said, well, yeah, all right, I go, but I got to, this is weird. Can you just get me from like the chest up? Nobody needs to see my fucking shoes and I'm a giant fat dude or whatever the fuck. And he starts laughing and he goes, all right, look, I'm an employee here. So you don't have to freak out. I'm not going to run away with your phone. I said, all right. I go, yeah, if you could just, just from here up, it would be cool. And I, so I, you know, did some nonsense that I'll post if you guys want to see it. And he, uh, he took a couple of photos and then he's like, yeah, he goes, uh, you know, I'm happy to do it. That's that's why we're here. And I said, you're so cool, dude. Thank you. And he goes, yeah, we're just waiting to clean up and get out of here. I said, well, Merry Christmas. I really appreciate it. And I walked outside. And like I said, it's crisp. It's cold. It's Sunset Boulevard. There's a few stragglers out there, but there were, uh, the street was taken over by the night people, which in Los Angeles means now there are tents on Sunset Boulevard. There are people sleeping everywhere. You know, and then there's people who don't even have fucking tents. They're just sleeping on the cement, on the asphalt, uh, sleeping under a fucking bush. And, and it's devastating to look at. Like, I, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what anybody's going to do about this, but we have to do something, right? And I don't know what the fuck to do. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm Joe fucking podcaster. I can't tell you, oh, here's my plan to solve homelessness. I don't have any fucking plan. I mean, what living wage for people so they can afford things and better facilities for the mentally ill. I don't fucking know what the fuck am I, but it kills me, man. Every time I see it and you know what? It really kills me when I walk out the fucking door after having some friendly, unbelievably nice person, friend did long distance buy me a gift that I've, I've been able to use on Christmas Eve 
to to do my long-standing tradition of movies and and dinner by myself when other people's long-standing tradition is unfortunately them sleeping on a fucking sidewalk. So I walked outside and it's a gauntlet, you know what I mean? And usually nobody bothers you. But I, I got out of the, the arc light and I walked up the street because I parked down the street. I didn't park in the parking garage. I took a few steps and, and a guy, he was on the corner and he was doing that thing where all they're doing is talking, which uh, you should be very familiar with if you listen to this goddamn show. Uh, this, I mean, I thought he had a Bluetooth in at first because he was doing a speech. It was essentially a speech. But it sounded like a conversation where he's just, he's going, yeah, but they told her that I should be there, but it turns out that I don't have to meet her. And then God stepped down and he said that there was no way. And I, and so then when the minute he said, God stepped down, I'm like, all right, this guy's not on a phone unless he's got a phone to Jesus. Uh, he's got that phone that fucking Crispin Glover is Andy Warhol trying to hand fucking Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison in the doors. Um, but I, this was the thing that freaked me out. Like I'm walking and he's like, he's doing the speech and he's talking and he's ranting and he's just standing on the street corner looking and he's looking, not even looking at me. He's looking out into traffic and he's kind of looking around and rocking back and forth. He's a young guy, African-American guy. And he's just like, yeah, you know, and then the thing is when God steps up and starts telling you the things that you need to do and he's just whatever he's talking and I go to walk and I got to walk past him because I got to walk up the street. And in the middle of the speech, I walk right up and he just goes, Hey, how you doing? And, and I look at him and I go, Hey, what's up dog? And he just goes back into his speech. Like, but he acknowledged me. He looked me in the eyes and I looked him in the eyes and I go, Hey, I, uh, what's up dog. And, uh, and he just went back into the speech and I, I, but, I, but to see him come out of this fucking trance and acknowledge me, it would just, it freaked me out for a second. So I crossed the street and there's two more homeless guys by a bush. And one of them's asleep and the other one is not. And he looks up at me. He's this guy's, this guy's on the fucking street. He's lying there in a fucking tattered sleeping bag. And he looks up at me and he just says, Hey, you spare any change? Now I've told you before, I'll look a homeless dude in the eye and I'll be like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I can't help you because I usually don't carry any cash. I'll give people water, whatever I can, but but I happen to have money because, like I said, I ran errands. I told you I went and I took my recycling in. So I had five singles in my wallet, you know, five five bucks. And uh, I opened the wallet and I just fucking, I pulled out all five bucks. I just handed it to him, you know, and he was just like, thanks. And he immediately put his head back down on the sidewalk, shoved it in his dirty pocket. Um, and And so I kept walking and I turned the corner and there's like five more homeless dudes and they see me and they're like, Hey, can you spare some change? Hey, do you have any money? And I'm like, guys, I can't, I'm sorry. I wish I could. I can't help you. They're like, okay, Merry Christmas. And, but again, man, I had just, I had just on Friday, you guys sent me gifts and then I had just seen a movie that was, that was a gift. And, and if I could, if I had the means, I would do what I could to take care of fucking everybody because they deserve it. You know, you got to help people. So in my head, I'm like, and I don't look, I don't have a ton of fucking dough right now. Um, you know that we've talked about this. I had that Hail Mary hit and that's going here and there. And we're making plans for January. We got a list. We got plans. But, you know, on that list and part of the plan should be helping people always. So there's a B of A right in the corner, Sunset and Vine. And uh, I just hit the ATM. I grabbed 20 bucks. 
And uh, I went to walk, and then in my brain, I go, dude, what are you doing with 20 bucks? What are you going to do with a $20 bill? You going to fucking give it to one dude and hope he brings everybody to fucking Denny's? You can't do this. So I looked around, and it's fucking, you know, it's 1.30 in the morning on Christmas Christmas Eve night. I, I So I didn't know what to do. There's nowhere to get change. And then it dawned on me. I go, you know what? The only place, fucking go back in the theater. You got to go back in the theater. So I walk back and that dude is still in the corner. He's still talking. He's doing his speech. He's talking, looking at traffic. And again, same thing. I walk right past him and he just goes, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> I'm just like, hey, dog, how you doing? And I walk into the theater and it turned out, thankfully, the employee who took my photo was still in there. I said, hey, dude, this is ridiculous. I have another favor to ask. He's like, oh, we're closed. And I go, no, you, I know. I said, is there any way you guys can get me change? He goes, what do you mean? Like for the bus? And I go, no, no, I just, I have a 20 and I need change for a 20. He goes, oh, he goes, well, I think they put all the money up. And I go, I just, honestly, I need four fives. I go, I, I know tens, I guess if you got tens, whatever you got, I, I'll take it. And he just goes, well, let me see. So he has to go back uh, into this office and he and his buddy come out and uh, his buddy goes, no, man, we locked up all the money tonight. I'm like, all right. I just, you know, and, and the guy who took my photo goes, well, wait a minute. And he pulls out his wallet and he's like, I have $13. I said, that's man, that's not going to help me at all. I said, I appreciate it. He's like, well, and his buddy goes, well, wait, hold on. And he pulls out his wallet and he goes, I have a 10. I said, all right is there any way I can get like your 10 and your two fives and just give you this 20 and you guys like you figure it out. And they're like, yeah, of course. I'm just like the fucking, they weren't even, it's cause I, I would have been like, what scam artist is in here trying to give us a $20 bill at one 30 in the fucking morning. And, and I, it just, but just for them to be so kind and just go, yeah, of course. And so I gave him 20 bucks. I took a 10 and two fives and, uh, I walked, I walked outside and that guy, I, he's on the street corner still doing his speech. And uh, I walked by and he looks up at me and he goes, hey, man, what's up? And I go, hey. And I, I handed him 10 bucks and I said, Merry Christmas. He goes, and he, this is so weird. He's this is a grown man. And he just goes, oh, for real? And I said, yeah, man, Merry Christmas. And he goes, oh, okay. Yeah, man, take care. And he turns around and he just starts his speech again. But he, but, but getting the 10 bucks, it was like he, he, his reaction was so childlike. Oh, for real. And I walked past the guy I'd already given money to. He's asleep now and his buddy's still asleep. And I turned the corner and there's the five other dudes. And, uh, and they go, Hey man, you got any change? You got any change? And I said, I, I don't, I go, but I've got this. And I took five bucks and I gave it to one guy and I took another five bucks and I gave it to another guy. And I said, and if you can take care of your buddies here, that would be good. And he goes, oh, they're like, oh, man, of course we will. And I said, Merry Christmas. They said, thanks, man, thanks. And all five of them walked away with 10 bucks as if somehow they had been gifted a fucking fortune. And I just sat there looking out at them as they walked across the fucking street. They walked across Sunset Boulevard. There's a Walgreens there. I don't think it was open, but they, that's where they headed toward. And it's funny when I had driven past the Walgreens earlier, there was a skateboard outside and a homeless person came and picked it up. It was like, it wasn't theirs. I don't know if they stole it or what, but, but I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm done policing people. I'm done. You know, I, it's oftentimes I've talked about the fact when people are like, Oh yeah, I can't, you can't give these homeless people money. They'll just fucking drink it up. They'll do this. They'll just buy booze or whatever. And I, you know what? I don't give a fuck. 
Whatever gets them through one more cold night sleeping on the fucking asphalt, they can do it. And uh, and it's funny. So I gave out those two fives. They walk away. And I start to go down to my car, and there's more homeless dudes. There's just there's just like, I didn't even count them, but they're sleeping. There's some sleeping. There's just, some just sitting up against the wall. And in my head, I'm going, you got to get the fuck out of here, man. You, you've already, you've given away 20 bucks in fucking six minutes. Uh, not even 25. I gave it 25 bucks in six minutes. And I... If I could, I would have given more out. I would have done it. And I got, I, I walked past these guys and they all, you know, the two guys that were still awake were like, can you spare some change? Like, I can't help you today, man. I'm really sorry. And I, you know, I didn't throw them a Merry Christmas. That just seemed like rubbing it the fuck in. And, uh, I got in my car and, and I teared up. I turned the car on and, and, and the Christmas station was on and it started to fucking play. And, and I, I started to cry in my car, like, like choked up, teared up, tears rolling down my face, crying. And I know, you know, I'm half a fucking sap anyway, but it just, it, it just seemed so powerful, too powerful a position for a guy like me to be in, to be fucking helping people on the fucking street and, and, and doing what I couldn't look. It's, it's just five bucks. It's five bucks here. It's five bucks to these these guys. I didn't even get those five dudes. They didn't get five each. You know, they got two bucks each. But they acted like it was the fucking greatest gift. And then that one dude, oh, for real? Ten bucks. And Sleepy Jones, I gave him five. And he went right back to fucking sleep. But I don't care. <laughs> Four out of five isn't bad. And uh, and I just, I, I sat in my car and and I cried because I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the world. You know what I mean? I'm worried about my own stuff. I, I, I got, I got to fix me. I got a list. I got plans. You know that. But when it's that naked, when it's, it's thrust in your face that aggressively where you see people with no hope and you're powerless to help them any any more than just just the tiny the tiniest and then you help them the tiniest bit and they act like you fucking you you handed them the keys to a fucking Tesla like they they that's 10 bucks and for me you know 10 bucks is is two orders of soup noodles or an order of fried rice or whatever the fuck 10 bucks is half a movie ticket 10 bucks is half a bar of soap and and if all it takes is that to make these people happy, Christmas Day, any night, Christmas Eve night, whatever the fuck, then then it has to be done. And I'm not saying I'm going to be fucking Gandhi from now on, and I'm going to fucking flip over and just start be fucking working at soup kitchens and shit like that. I don't. I I'm inherently selfish enough, and I know enough about myself to know that no, I'm not going to drop everything and change society or do what I fucking can, but. But I'll do whatever I can whenever I can. And if that meant 25 bucks on Christmas Eve night, then then I'm happy. I'm happy to give what was basically the equivalent of a movie ticket and a Coke to make fucking seven people happy. You know why? Because you guys reached out and made me happy. I mean, I mean, some of you I haven't even met. And you, you, you subscribe on Twitch or you send me money or you send me gifts and it's incredible. I mean, I, I, 
I can't thank you enough for thinking of me this time of year or any time of year. And, uh, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is I'm your personal homeless guy (laughs) and I'm sleeping on the cold cement streets of the internet. And occasionally you come by and give me five bucks and I will treat it like the gift of the fucking magi. So thank you. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm at Instagram and Snapchat. Did you know that I am Mike four zero Y O B Mike four zero Y O B on Instagram and on Snapchat. Find me on there. Be my friend. Wouldn't that be cool? It would. I would love it. Uh, am I on TikTok yet? No, I'm not anywhere else. <laughs> You can't find me in any other place except those places. Uh, but I'm there. Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. And again, Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Find me, please. Reach out. Reach out and take it, as Cheap Trick would say. Or uh, reach out. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world a better place if you can. That's what that dovetails in nicely. Uh, Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show, and he is the best Go ahead and find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and, and tell him that he's cool. Why not? And of course, David Max Hernandez does all of the cool ass stuff for this show, all the artwork, all the music. Um, you can find him at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez and um, be his friend on there. And that's important because then you can go check out all of his artwork that he has. And, and this man is selling artwork. He'll do your Facebook caricature. He'll do a painting of your dog. He'll do a painting of your wife. He'll do a painting of your wife's dog, whatever the fuck you need. He works in watercolors. He works in oils. Uh, he, he'll, he'll fucking, you know what he'll do? He'll do that. What's that old timey painting where they stomp grapes and they turn that in there and he'll walk on a fucking canvas with his feet. Don't you want to have a fucking Mex foot painting hanging in your goddamn lobby? Of course you do. He'll Bob Ross it for you. You know what? Maybe you should do that. He should do cottage industry. He should go fucking, you know what? Instead of Bob Ross, maybe, maybe he goes, you know what? How about Babalu Ross? What if he does that? What if he's Babalu Ross? And, uh, and he does like a kind of a, a Latin Hispanic version of that, that show. I would love that. I, you know what? I've just invented it. Max, if you make that fucking happen, I get a cut. I get a piece of the action. Steve Lawrence style. Uh, why don't we open that show at Lake Waza Pomani? Uh, go to facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Become his friend. Check out the paint wing painting and the artwork he's done. Also for the Westside 86 Jokers page, he's done all that stuff. You can check that out and you'll love it. It's fucking cool looking. So fucking great. Uh, and if you want, you can join his closed group. He has a closed group on Facebook called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. And uh, when you get in there and you check out all of his paintings and things like that, you'll, you'll go, Why? I want to have these myself. He's got fucking uh, Hamburger Pete who's in there fucking yelling at people. And he's got... Uh, Zombie Al, who just who's got his fucking leg falling off. I just saw that painting this week, and he's got fucking uh, uh, bend me over, Amy. She's on there. She's one of the fucking chicks that he's got. Dude, he's got this whole cast of characters. Now, if you want to get paintings of those characters, he'll send them to you. He's got a he's got an owl that's an atheist, atheist owl. He's got him. He's great to have. Uh, he's got all of these characters, and look, you'll learn about them if you join the group. So if you join the, this is dumb, that's dumb, you're dumb, I'm dumb Facebook group, you'll get three questions, answer those, then you're in there, man. Then you're in the cool kids club and you're going ahead and posting cool ass things and seeing all the great stuff that Mex himself has posted and all the characters he's created. Why wouldn't you? I, I demand to know as I yawn in your goddamn face why you wouldn't do something like this. I'm, I'm so tired of you saying that you won't do it that I yawned right then. That's how tired I am of you and your fucking excuses. 
Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Reach out to him there. Or if you want to see the more professional stuff that he's done on his website in the past, you can check out his website. And I deliver this last because I love the cadence of it. You can go check out his website. Now, first of all, be his friend at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Join his closed group. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Or visit his website, artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Children love the Island of Misfit Toys. Here come some kids now. Hey, Mr. Man, you got G.I. Jerkoff? Yes. I want a wee spit. Uh, How about a turd puppet? Certainly. Do you have cinnamon eye drops? Well? You got fat baby fall down? I'm not... I want a what's in my turtle toolkit. Okay. I need befoul my unicorn. Sure, we... Do you have electric soap? Uh, yes, of course we do. Right here at the Island of Misfit Toys. The variety never ends. A subsidiary of MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Gifts we sell Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum Rum-pa-pum-pum Rum-pa-pum-pum Come Joe told me Can it be A place to give to see Or hear lives Look out a kid child must be put upon to use Mike's link to shop at Amazon donate cash to his Patreon support his rage phenomenon I pray you want to hear Go to Mike's to call you to page. We'll try to help him clean up. We'll see the day when man could drive Uber. God damn it. And then it was fucking Thursday. Uh, sorry about this. <laughs> uh, so I finished the show uh, yesterday, Christmas, and uh, and I'm like, hey, you know what, man? I'm, I'm actually ahead of the game here because it was only like 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, I'll take a break. Why don't I go watch a baking show? Because I've been watching baking shows and I'm trying to hustle through because I'm binging the Great British Bake Off. And I'm uh, right now at a very key point where Tamal and Nadia are battling it out for Star Baker all the time with Ian and Flora. And uh, you don't care. 
and sadly, I know that off the top of my head, their names, Jesus Christ. Um, with Netflix, I've watched like, you know, there's the, they don't have the full series. So I'm watching what they have. So I watched their first compilation, second compilation. I'm deep into the third compilation now. So last night at two 30 in the morning, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's fucking relax. Let's uh, let's have something to eat because I'm a weirdo. I ate some fried rice and I said, I'll watch TV. And I, I sat there and I watched an episode and then I, my eyes started to get a little heavy. I'm like, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll just go ahead and uh, it's early enough and it's Christmas. People will forgive me if I just go ahead and put something up, uh, you know, at six in the morning or something. So I, I closed my eyes and hi, it's now fucking one o'clock in the afternoon. I, I, I should have known. I fucking knew. And yet. Uh, I capitulated. I, I gave myself an opportunity and I said, Hey, go ahead and rest. But this is, this is the last week for this sort of thing. I've said, um, I'm sure many times to you, but, uh, we'll talk about that later in this, in this discussion, but I do apologize. And you're all very nice for understanding. And, and I, and people are also very nice. And they're going to write me and go, dude, it was Christmas. You didn't even have to do a show. And it's like, ah, I, I did. This is my job. You know what I mean? I don't, because I can't claim to have it, uh, like an unnatural job. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be like, well, I don't have a job like you guys, man. I don't have a boss. Uh, and then say, because of that unnatural job, I don't have to work holidays. Or if I, if I have a different kind of job, like you have a different kind of job with a boss and insurance and fucking salaries and whatever the fuck. And maybe you don't, I'm not, I'm not fucking putting you in a corner, baby. Uh, because as we know, that doesn't happen. Um, why did I feel the need to explain it? If you picked that up, you picked it up. I usually don't do that. I usually let it lay there and you go, Oh, I, I understood that. Um, and yet I feel I, I had to go through and let you know exactly what I meant by that. Hold on. I'm fighting off a yawn. All right. I fought it off. It didn't happen. Uh, why would it fucking happen? I just slept fucking seven hours on the couch. Fuck. Uh, all right. So, um, so, uh, I lost my thought. I lost my train of thought because fucking uh, Jennifer Gray showed up with her old nose. Um, Oh, you, I can't say to you, I don't have a, you know, Hey man, I, you know, you guys have a real job. I got a, I got a different job and you don't understand the challenges of this different job. Um, and then hold myself to the rules of a real job. Like, Oh, I, you know, no, I have Christmas off just like you have Christmas off, but you have a boss. You got a, you got a real fucking job. My job is it's, uh, it's unconventional. That's the word I'm looking for. So with an unconventional job, you might have to work some holidays. And then look, unconventional jobs, you have to work holidays too. This analogy is falling the fuck apart. The point is, um, you're going to be very nice and say, oh man, it was Christmas where you didn't even have to do a show. And that's true. Uh, but it's also Christmas and you didn't even have to listen. So I, I, I welcome your listening. I'm, I'm grateful that you guys tune me in and you, and you bring me in, make me part of your life. And so I can't be like, Oh, you know what, man? It's the holidays. Like I can go ahead and fucking take a day off. Fuck you, man. Just do your fucking show. And I did. That's what makes me mad. I just fucking fell asleep on the goddamn couch. Fuck. All right. Hi. Uh, sponsors. Well, we do have sponsors. Yes, we do. Do you like sponsors? Yes, we do. Who has sponsors? Uh, is it you? No. Who's got spirit? Me and you. Do you have spirit? Yes, we do. Who has spirit? Me and you. Fuck, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Um, that's like I couldn't remember the fucking... You know what? And I literally took a break. I slept, and now I'm here, and I still... I didn't even look up who did the fucking... Give me liberty or give me death. Who that, who's that guy? Um, and I'm not going to text it. I'm, I'm not going to fucking do it. I'm going to sit right here and stew in it. And hopefully it eventually leaps into my brain like a fucking thing later. Um... We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? There you go. That leaped into my brain. I solved that shit. Uh, that's what, you know, that's what you get after you sleep under a furry Korean blanket on a goddamn couch. Your brain starts working that much faster. And you do this and you clap and you snap. Oh, this is just snapping. I haven't done the clapping yet. There's the clapping. I clap and I snap and snap, snap, uh, snap, tap or nap. 
I got to get a shirt that says that. You know what that is, right? That's a that's a jujitsu thing. So if somebody puts you in a in a in a hold, either either snap your arm, you nap, you go to sleep because they put you to sleep, or you tap. Oh, it's tap, snap, or uh, tap, nap, or snap. That's what it is. All right. Uh, also, I made this promise. I'll throw this out there because I remembered it the other day. You know, I did that live stream for Christmas and uh, on December 20th, as I've mentioned on the show previously, and I talked about gifts sent to me by people. Idiot. Uh, and I was talking and um, I I don't know why it came up, but I said, if somebody sent me a gi next year, I would wear it uh, to the store. I know I don't know why that came up. Um but, but it's true. I said, if anybody, cause again, by next year, I hope to be, uh, uh you know, a hundred pounds lighter. I, cause I'll be in much better shape. And, uh, because again, another thing too, is if you were a gi to the store, someone's going to challenge you to a fight. That's the hope, right? That's the only reason to wear the gi to the store is the hope that somebody tries to throw down with you in the frozen foods aisle. And then it's fucking t- tap, nap or snap or, or, uh, and, and you'll fucking get finished right there in front of the fucking broccoli florets. I'll fucking leave your useless husk on the ground. So I stand up, dust myself off and walk to my car with whatever fucking groceries I'm buying. Probably some fucking power bars because I'm all fucking lean and sleek. I could be sleek and lean as well. What if I was sleen and leak? Uh, So I but it came up on the show. I don't even know because, again, you know, I sometimes I just talk, folks. You know that sometimes things just come tumbling out of my old skull. And then I don't know how we got onto it. Maybe Pat brought it up or yeah, yeah. I'm sure Pat brought up a gee. Pat doesn't know what the fuck it's called. Pat calls it karate clothes, um, <laughs> which actually, you know what? I might be on Pat's side for that. Hey, man, if somebody bought me some karate clothes, I'd wear them to the goddamn store. Who called it gee? Why the fuck would you call it a gee? I'm, I'm mad now at all the martial arts guys from the, a million years ago. I'm going to walk into your good dojo and go, oh, nice karate clothes, dicks. <laughs> and I'll fucking throw down. Tap, nap, or snap. I'm going to fucking steal all your karate clothes. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I said that next year, if somebody on the Christmas stream bought me a gee, I would wear it to the grocery store and like should go shopping. Like I'd spend a day in it. I'd run errands in it and I'd film it. Uh, I would go to like get a car wash. I would go. I don't think, I mean, hopefully in a year, I'm not going to have to worry about Ubering, but if I was still Ubering, if things still have gone that horribly awry next December, uh, I would totally, what if I were, well, I was Ubering now, now you're just asking for trouble at that point. Now it's going to be smart asses galore, but here's the thing. If you see a dude in a gi driving Uber, do you smart off to that guy? Cause like I just said, anybody who's wearing the gi, they're just asking for it, man. They're begging you to do some dumb shit. My, my dad, uh, my stepdad had a guy. I think I told this story on here before. You know, there, there, there's a lot of dangerous fucking people in the world, man. And if a dude's willing to wear a gi while he's Uber driving, he's just he's just defying you to fucking mock him for it. So he can take you outside and fucking go-go plot at you in front of everybody. You want to you get Juji Gatami'd? Then you fucking, then you go ahead and make fun of a dude wearing karate clothes in an Uber car. My stepdad, here's a true story. You know, my stepdad, uh, he's retired now, and he worked for a very long time in nuclear plants. He became a foreman. You know, you work your way up. He was a pipe fitter, union guy. So he, uh, but in the beginning, you know, he's working on site. He's, he's hustling for jobs. You know, when you're young and you're, you just get in the union, you're taking any gig you can. And you're just trying to stay afloat, hoping to find a long-term gig. Well, when he was a younger man, he wound up uh, going to people's houses and doing this, uh, you know, these, these it was him and another guy. They would get paired up and they would have to show up and they'd have to inspect, you know, basements and all this. stuff. we just said it was just a, you know, fucking not a great gig. 
but he, but he, you know, he took it because it was one of the gigs. So he got teamed up with this Italian guy and, uh, and the Italian guy, he would show up for work with, with my stepdad and whether it was winter or summer, because he worked with the guy for like a year. And this dude, all he would wear to the, the, the fucking job is he would wear, you know, he wore fucking jeans and boots and his gloves, but he wore a uh, tank top, you know, like an, uh, like an undershirt. Uh, what in the parlance back then was called a wife beater. Uh, you know, the, the, the old school white undershirt tank top, he would wear that and he would wear fucking gold chains. So t- just stereotype, you know what I mean? Just fucking just, just a real, real heavy gold chains and a, and a fucking tank top, but they're going to work. You know what I mean? He's just like, and my stepdad is like, I don't fucking get this. So they, and then it turns out, you know, they're working in some terrible places in Chicago. Now I, I mean, I look, I don't mean to alarm you. But there are some neighborhoods where maybe uh, the best people don't live or maybe there's, I don't know, crime lurking around every corner. Uh, and, and you know, I, I'm of, the, of a piece. I'm of a mind to think, uh, you know, you, you, you know, trouble is, is waiting for you if you you got to go looking for it, though. You know what I mean? It's like if you just kind of you can blissfully trip through life without really having any bad things happen to you if you. Even if you go to bad areas, like I mean, I've driven into bad areas or I've been in bad areas, you know, because I mean, hey, sometimes you want a fucking taco in East L.A. and you're like, all right, I know where this place is. And then you're standing in line with fucking El Wapo and fucking Pancho Villa. You know what I mean? You're like, all right, well, I, there's a good chance I can get shipped here. And nobody will ever see me again. But holy fuck, the tortoise here are amazing. So the, the point is, you just don't go in thinking, oh, this could be trouble or this is bad or these people. Fuck that, man. You just everybody's everybody's everybody. Just go and get a fucking taco and smile at people and be nice. That's all you got to do. Well, you don't be Pollyanna about it, though. I mean, you got to have your guard up. But I mean, I got to have my guard up anywhere now with fucking people shooting people and shit going down. And uh, and look, I will tell you this. Don't go get a taco in East L.A. wearing your karate clothes. I'll tell you that. And now you're just real. Now you're asking for trouble. And especially you want you ever try to get Pico de Gallo out of a gi? Oh, oh man, that's fucked. I mean, it just dribbles on there. Now, look, it's usually mostly just fucking tomatoes and onions. But uh, but still, the juice gets in there and it's red. It doesn't it just doesn't look good. Uh, also, by the way, I told them if they were to get me karate clothes, if they were to get me a gi, I would have to, it'd have to be like a blue one. I can't have a white. I can't have a white gi now because now. I feel there's a certain kind of arrogance if you're wearing a white gi. Now you're really fucking laying it on the line and letting people know that you think you're some hot shit. So if you wear a colored gi, then it, then you can still kind of, you know, talk your way out of it and say it's a costume uh, unless you want to fucking throw it out. So my my stepdad, uh, I, you know, what's funny. I hear myself reverting into Chicago guy as I'm telling this story. Hey, so my stepdad works with this guy, right? And they uh, they got to go down to the, the fucking city. They're in the city or all these fucking places. They're checking out these fucking basements. They got to go look in everybody's houses, right? They got to look in their fucking apartments. And he's wearing a fucking, uh, he's got a wife beater on, a fucking tank top. They have fucking gold chains. They work. What are you doing? What the fuck? So my stepdad, uh, finally, uh, he, you know, he's working with the guy. And they, they go down to um, some, uh, maybe some uh, areas where white people don't visit a lot. Uh, and that's, that's their, their beat. They wind up a lot in, uh, uh, <laughs> in, in some African-American areas. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate and say, but yeah, that's where. And so they go down to, uh, to there. And finally my stepdad looks at this guy and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, what do you mean? And he goes, 
you know where we're going. He goes, yeah, I know where we're going. He goes, well, why you want to fucking take all that shit off? Like, why are you wearing a fucking, you want to, you want to put a shirt on or take any of that shit off? This guy looks at my stepdad and he goes, I want him to try and take it. And, uh, my stepdad is like, Oh fucking Lord. I, cause he, you know, cause he can't in good conscience, go to the boss and go, I can't work with this fella. You know what I mean? Cause then you're a pussy to the rest of the fucking union or whatever. You just got to go. All right. If shit happens, we got to throw, I got to fucking, you know, make sure you always have something handy to clock somebody in the fucking head before Wolverine goes crazy and start. Cause he even told me like when he was describing the guy, he said he was a fucking short tank, just a big fucking muscle dude wearing a tank top. And, uh, and I was, I pictured him as Wolverine. I was just like that, that you worked with fucking Wolverine. He's like, I don't know what that is. I go, it's a cartoon guy. He had like fucking like claws, but he's crazy muscular. And he's like, and, and then I Googled the picture of it and he goes, Oh, and he started laughing. He goes, I, just, I see what you mean. He goes, he wasn't like that big, but uh, yeah, I could see it. And, uh, and, and he just, but he was just a short guy in a fucking tank top built like a fucking monster truck, just a fucking drunk. And, uh, I want him to try and take it. <laughs> oh, dude, there's some scary motherfuckers out there, man. And uh, luckily, nothing, nothing ever happened. You know, uh, my stepdad got out of that gig. Eventually, he wound, up, he wound up getting another gig. It wasn't like he left because of that guy. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> there's some spooky dudes out there. So that's what I'm saying. If some dude's wearing a gi, you, there's, there's, you don't know whether he's doing it for a bit or you don't know if he's doing it because he's he's auditioning to be in the Gracie family and he can't wait to fucking unleash what he's learned on somebody. Now, a lot of those guys, they fuck up because they're like, aha, look at me, I'm tough. And then they wear the gi and then they, and then you can, you know, I mean, you, you if you fight them, then you try to handle them in whatever way, but they don't know nearly as much as they think they do. And some guy winds up pounding them out because that's another thing too. Guys who wear a gi places, they're just like... Uh, it's either a bunch of Brazilians who are like, what the fuck? I just didn't have time to take my gi off. And then they're going to fuck you up. Or it's a bunch of uh, dudes who are like, ha ha, you should see the arm bar I learned today. And then you're going to go, all right, well, show me, motherfucker. And then they get fucking punched out into a goddamn smear. <laughs> Literally, they're left as a blood drop on the goddamn ground because they fucking don't realize that, you know, yeah, I mean, if you're wearing your gi and having competitive fucking armbar bullshit going on, that's great. But eventually somebody's got a tire iron in their pocket. They're going to smack you in the fucking temple with it. And you're going to go down and then they're just going to fucking piss on you and laugh, which is no bueno. Uh, but I won't be, I won't fall victim to that folks. If I, if I went up wearing my fucking gi, if I have karate clothes all over the place, I'll just, I'm sure, believe me, everybody will know it's a bit because they'll be like, look at that fat guy in a gi. Uh, cause I, I won't even be a gee with me. It'll be a gee. There'll be several eyes. I can't just go GI. I can't just go gee. I gotta go look at that guy in the gee. Uh, and I also, I need to figure out what kind of belt to wear. Cause I mean, I, and, and all the look, I mean, cause you can't, that's another thing. You can't be like, ha ha. I got a funny, I got a black belt. And you tie it around because then now you're disrespecting. And now some guy named fucking Hoyce or Jorge or Hickson, some guy who doesn't pronounce his R's correctly is going to fuck you up. And <laughs> you're going to be like, oh man, I'm sorry. H- Hodger, I didn't see you there. Hick, <laughs> Hitchard, uh, because they're, they don't, nobody takes that shit fucking uh, uh, lightly, I guess is the phrase. They take it seriously. They take it really fucking seriously because you can't, and, and rightfully so. You can't walk around me going, I am a black belt. Who wants a piece of me? And then a real black belt shows up and you're like, I was kidding. It's clothes. No, you're going to get fucking ruined, man. You just made the huge mistake of calling out Rafael in front of his friends. And you're going to get fucked up like fucking Fabrizio Verdum on a beach. Uh, (laughs) 
which, which is a great analogy if you know the story, but you don't. Um, Fabricio Vardum is a, he's a UFC heavyweight. And a million years ago, when he was like 17 years old, he started dating a girl. And, uh, and the girl's ex-boyfriend approaches him on the beach in fucking uh, in Rio de Janeiro and challenges him to a fight in front of the new girlfriend. And this dude knows jujitsu because, again, uh, a lot of people in Brazil and by a lot of people, I mean everybody except Fabricio Verdum and, and this girl, apparently. The girl may have even known it. I don't know. But uh, this guy challenges Verdum. Uh, this guy shows up with all of his boys, too. And he challenges Verdum to a fight. And Verdum's just, you know, to keep the girl. Like he, it's, she was in it. She was into it too. That was the thing is like once the guy, cause she wasn't like, Oh, Fabricio, we must flee. She was like, all right, you guys are going to fight for my hand of honor. This is fucking cool. So the dude challenges Verdum to a fight and Verdum doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And this guy fucks him up on the beach. All of his boys are cheering and laughing and they're pointing at Fabricio Verdum and he just fucking gets, he gets, he jujitsu's the shit out of him. And he, he submit, he fucking chokes him out and leaves him laying there and stuff. And the girl leaves with the, the guy. She leaves with the other boyfriend. She has already left the other boyfriend and started dating Fabricio Vardum. But then this guy in the, in the oldest of old school fucking caveman moves shows up and he's like, Hey, I'm going to fuck you up and take the girl. Is that cool? And Fabricio Vardum is like, I will fight you. Uh, and she was like, okay. And Fabrizio Verdun went, okay. And then this guy fucking went ahead and did some wicked fucking Oma plot of shit on Fabrizio Verdun and left him laying. And, uh, and then she left with the guy, which is, which is, uh, look, you, you can pretend it's not every man out there hearing this story can pretend that this isn't there uh, uh, on their list of fucking fears. Now my, let's put it this way. Fears and worries are two different things. You might not be worried about something like this happening, but you would definitely fear something like this happening because we all have that masculinity thing inside of us where we're like, Jesus Christ, can we protect our woman? I got to protect my woman if anything goes down. I got to be ready. If any any of the shit hits the fan, I got to protect my woman. I got to step up and fucking get this done. So you fear that you won't be able to protect your woman, but you don't worry about a gang of Brazilians showing up and challenging you to a jujitsu fight on the beach. That's that's not real. Or, or that's not reality. Uh, but for Fabrizio Verdum and the guys who live in Brazil, it is fucking reality. That kind of shit happens. So Fabrizio Verdum, he gets his ass beat and he's laying there and he sees the girl walk off. And I'm sure she's got a fantastic Brazilian ass. He watches that fade into the fucking distance. And he sits in the beach, sand in his ears, fucking tears in his eyes, probably after getting choked the fuck out, not even understanding what the fuck happened. And he goes, uh, well, all right, I guess I got to fucking learn jujitsu now. And uh, and what's the moral of the story right now in Hollywood? There's the Fabrizio Verdum Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Uh, one of many because he wound up, uh, becoming a fucking like seventh degree black belt. He's, he fucking, this dude beat Fedor Emelianenko for fuck's sake. Um, and Kane Velasquez, this guy's a monster. Now, has he also popped for steroids a few times? Yeah. I mean, he's 40 years old. What the fuck? You got to take the spike if you're going to handle with the young guys. But, um, but Verdun went and learned. He realized he's got ass beating on the fucking beach and he fucking channeled into, I got to fucking do something about this. And it's, you know, it's funny. Here's how weird I am in my brain. Like I heard that story and then he, t- he tells it and he's like, yeah, now, you know, I had to train and I had to go ahead and become a, a, a fighter. I need to understand. And in my brain, I'm like, did you, did you ever go find that guy? Like, I mean, I would that would have been the first fucking thing I did. The day I got my black belt, I would have been, all right, everybody, fucking fire up your goddamn Priuses. We're going to find cocksucker beach fight. So they just fucking pile in and they're like, all right, man, let's go smoke this dude. And I would, I would, 
I would absolutely fuck that guy up. And I would make sure the girl was there too. I don't even care if they're fucking dating. I'd go pick her up first. I'd take her to where that dude was. I'd make all his boys show up. I would fucking, because that image would be seared into my fucking brain who was there and who wasn't. And I would make them all show up for fucking round two. And I would fucking destroy that cat. Just imagine that shit. You get you fuck up Fabrizio Verdum and you're dining out on that for fucking years. And all of a sudden he shows up with his UFC title belt and he fucking knocks on your door. He's wearing a fucking gi with a black belt, seven black belts. He even, you know, I, he got seventh degree black belt. It's just a notch on the belt. What if he went the other fucking way? He tied seven belts around his fucking sternum. No gi. Just showed up and clad in seven belts and a loinskin. So let's fucking go, man. And you're fat. You got a fucking wife now who's not even the chick you fucking stole. And you're just like, oh, my, my children, they cannot see. And you're like, fuck you. Get out here. And that dude's going to get omed and plotted. Fuck you. Um, so the point is you can't wear your gi unless you're ready for business. Because it's either it's one of two things. Like I said, it's it's dudes who don't mind that you come in on the gi and they're fucking easy going unless you make fun of them. And then all of a sudden Roadhouse breaks out. Or it's just a bunch of fat fucks who are like, I got my yellow belt today. I'm going to stop and get some milk. Fuck you, dummy. Um... Or it's just a complete bit. Someone who's, if you see a guy in a gi, please rest assured that somewhere in the bushes, someone has a camera and you're going to wind up on YouTube at some point because this guy's going to get into a karate stance or some shit and challenge you. And then you're either going to, they want you to be scared and run. It's like those idiots who throw a fucking backpack into a coffee house and, and run away. Um, I just saw another fucking viral video where like a dude dressed up as a velociraptor on the streets of San Francisco and he came around the corner and he's like, and he, and I have to admit it looks fucking cool as hell. Now, I don't know. I don't like prank videos and I don't like any of that shit, but the, he emerges from an alley and I guess they, I, they played a sound like they played a crazy, like fucking loud noise. And he came out of the alley and fucking people jumped and fell on the ground because they freaked the fuck out. And the funny thing is in looking at the video, I'm looking, I'm like, oh man, you can see the guy's feet. You can see like shoes. Very rarely does a Velociraptor came after you wearing shoes. I don't think, hey, look, that Velociraptor is wearing Pumas. You know, fuck that. Then you got to realize, well, that might not be a dinosaur unless the dinosaurs have reached shoe capability. And now we're all fucked because now, you know, the initially the whole plan was let's go where they can't find us anywhere. Uh, we, let's use our, our human shoes to climb to high ground. And the Velociraptors are like, I cannot get purchased without Pumas. And you're like, ha ha. Or perhaps when the Velociraptors showed up, our initial plan was let's defeat them in a one-on-one basketball game. You ever break the ankles on a Velociraptor? You feel like a king. You fucking do a little shimmy shake and you go fucking crossover and you bust his ankles. You hit a layup because the T-Rex tried to close on the other guy in the corner because he thought you were going to dish for a three. Fucking lane opens up and you score and you thrash them. Take that Jurassic Park. That's a fucking L. Uh, So, but now if the Velociraptors have shoe technology, they're going to fuck us up in basketball and eat us. I mean, they were eating us before. That's one thing. I don't mind getting eaten by a fucking dinosaur. That's his gig. But if they take me to the court and they fucking stomp on me that way, I can't get shimmy shaked by a goddamn stegosaurus. That's going to be fucking terrible. He fucking just comes out there. He's got the shoes. I get in my fucking crouch. I go Patrick Beverly on him. I'm going to poke the ball out of bounds. And he's just like, fuck that. Shimmy shake breaks my ankles, dishes, fucking brontosaurus jams it through slow as fuck. And I still got a fucking stare. Pterodactyl flying above with a drone camera to get the action from a different camera angle. Oh. <sighs> We cannot give the dinosaur shoe technology. That's my fucking point. If you if you take anything away from this goddamn Christmas slash day after Christmas show, we cannot let the dinosaurs have shoe technology because they will fuck us up on the court. Sure, they reign supreme in the eating you on the Serengeti fucking uh, side of the ledger. But once you get onto the fucking basketball court, nah, that's that's our domain. Yeah, yeah, fucking weird ass. Our Velociraptors aren't even a, a real dinosaur, right? Didn't they make them up for the movie? 
And then they retconned the ice age. So they could say, no, these are real. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, man, that's that when that dude fucked up for doom and like the ultimate caveman over, he's like, I'm going to fucking beat you up and take your chick. So there's, there's a difference between fear and worry. I mean, because you don't worry about that shit happening very rarely is a gang of Brazilians going to challenge you to a fight. But I mean, you do fear the, the, the thought of, can I protect my woman if anything comes, goes down? And is that inherently sexist on its face? Perhaps. Is that something? But I mean, also, you know, my ex used to do shit like that, where she basically was, I, 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 I can't tell you how many people's jaws I wanted to break when my ex would tell me a story. And I, and then I would go, what if you did this or what if this happened? And she'd just be like, oh, you just, that's, how, that's just how guys are. Oh, really? Okay. And I, I had to for my own sanity. It took three years for me to finally just go, what do you want me to do about this? I mean, I, I, this, all right, it's a true story. I don't know if I ever told this story on here. I, I, God, I'm supposed to be doing plugs. What the fuck is going on? Merry Christmas. Um, did I tell this? Tap my finger. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? We went to a massage joint. And I may if I told this story, I apologize. Because I've told people in real life, and they just looked at me like, what the fuck? Uh, she, uh, my ex had a, had a, a monthly, she had a, a membership at Massage Envy. Because she had a terrible neck, and a, she, had a, she had a back and neck injury. Now, I was told that that was from an ex-boyfriend who used to beat her up. He would grab her by the hair and snap her neck. And, uh, and one time he, uh, he, he threw out of a moving car or something like that. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it wrong. She had an ex-boyfriend. He used to grab her by the hair and, and pull her head toward him. And, uh, and that was how her neck got fucked up. So I would rub her neck all the time. I would, I would you know, for a good 45 minutes, I would, just, I would just massage her neck. And I loved doing it. I wanted to fucking take care of her. So anyway, she had a massage deal at Massage Envy and she'd go and then she'd bring me if I was in town she'd be like hey I wanted to go get a massage do you want to go and I'd say sure so uh one time we were we were going there and um we we were waiting in the lobby and of course you know I went I had a I had a girl massage person a masseuse and she had a masseur and this dude this one dude walked out once and he was I mean, he he looked like a Marvel superhero. He was probably six four, and he was jacked. Like, and he was also it didn't hurt that he was wearing like a fucking small t shirt, a massage shirt, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And his his he had cantaloupes for biceps. He's just a big fucking dude, and you know, just good looking, strapping young guy. And uh, and he was her masseur. And I'm like, all right, you know, whatever the fuck, you know, you, cause again, inherently you're going to let somebody touch you. And I'm about to let a chick touch me too. So, and I had made the comment once, like, uh, I, I said something to her, like, you know, I, 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 I had made a joke about happy endings or something like that. And she got worried. Like, are you really going to do something like that? Would you do? And I'm just like, what are you talking about? No, of course not. I'm not a fucking animal. It's insane. Um, so I went in and I got my, my massage done and she got her massage done. I met her in the lobby. I said, Hey, what's up? She's like, Oh, nothing. We got our cucumber water or whatever the fuck we left. And we're walking to the car and she goes, honey. And I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah, no, that was, that was a little weird. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And, uh, she goes, yeah, no, he, um, like he got really high up and I, I didn't know what to do. Like I, and I go, what do you, wait, whoa, 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 hold on. What are you talking about? And she said, well, he, you know, uh, like he, he pulled the sheet, like the sheets were off me. Like he, and I said, he uncovered you. And she goes, yeah. And then he, he worked his hand up and he was like really close. You know, he was like, it was really, 
And I said, well, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And she goes, well, the way he was doing it, it was like he was trying to, to like trying to get me to, to have an orgasm or get me close or, or kind of get me and I go, what are you? All right, fuck. What are you talking about? And I, and now we're at the, we're at my car or the car. And, and I, and she goes, yeah, it's like he worked his hand up my thigh and it was like, and, uh, and I go, well, did you, did you, did you come? Did you do anything? And she was like, no, no, but he was like, he was trying. He was really, and like I said, he pulled the sheets off me. So I was like, you know, he could kind of see and, and I go, did you say anything? Well, she goes, no, I was embarrassed. Like, I didn't know. And I go, fuck this. I go, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. She goes, no, no, don't do anything. Don't say anything. And I go, what do you mean? Don't say anything. I'm going to fucking bust this guy in half. And, and I look, do I get killed by cantaloupe biceps? Maybe, but I'm fucking mad enough to maybe I can give him a fucking fight and go round and round and at least throw him through the fucking window once. So I start to walk inside and she grabs my shirt. And she's like, no, honey, it's okay. Don't worry about it. What do you mean? It's okay. It's not okay. If he was, if he was doing this in a way that you were uncomfortable, you should have, you know, I wish you would have said something, but also he shouldn't do that. We need to at least tell the management that he was doing that. She's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, you know, I'll just, I won't get him next time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I go, you, you're telling me he ran it. He saw you like he uncovered you. So he saw you fucking naked. And then he put his hand up your thigh, like, and he got close and she's like, yeah. And it felt like he was trying, you know, like almost like if I would have responded, what he, what he would have done. I don't know. And I go, so let's fucking go say something. She's like, no, no, I don't want to go in there. And I go, I go, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. So I go start walking in and she's holding and I'm not, I'm not psychotic where I'm dragging her, but I'm kind of walking. She's like, honey, honey. And she's holding my shirt. And I, I look at her and she goes, let's just go. Let's just go. It's okay. It's okay. I won't, I won't have them next time. And I'm like, you have to say something when that happens. You have to say something to management. You have to say something to him in the moment. I know it's weird, but, but this is just, and she goes, yeah, I know, but it was just embarrassing. And I said, well, I'm going to go fucking kill this dude. And she's just like, no, you're not. Let's, let's leave. Let's leave. It's okay. And so we left. Um, but the thing is like that, that kind of shit would happen all the time where I would hear like, oh yeah, no, you know, this guy, he, he, he's liked all of my Facebook photos, like all of them for three years. It's really creepy. And then he wrote me a note and he wants me to stay home and not go see you. And, and then I go, well, I'm going to kill this fucking guy. And she'd be like, no, no, it's okay. That's just how guys are. And I'm like, no, it's not how guys are. And that, that was the first three years. Cause that was, that's what I mean when I was saying, when I was driving, being driven crazy, cause every guy. Now I was told, let's put it this way. I did, I, I did see texts. I did see notes and I did know guys were fucking flying around. And I, I had a guy right in front of me, kiss her hand. I had shit like that happen all the fucking time, but she also didn't fight it off. She also didn't go get the fuck out of here. She also just would go, she would freeze in those moments or she would just let it happen. And I'd be like, what you have to say something. And, and it would drive me out of my fucking skull. And I, for three years was like, I'm going to kill people. I'm going to fucking kill everybody. And, uh, and then finally I, I was like, what do you want me to do here? You know, when she would tell me something, I would just go, well, what do you want me to do here? What, what I, 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 I don't know. It's like, why are you sharing this information with me? If you don't expect me to do anything about it? Well, it's because she wanted to fuck with my head. It was, it was a way to fucking, uh, it was a way for her to constantly remind me that there were guys out there who could replace me. I suppose, at least that's what I thought in my fucking brain. And I, I was insane so then like anytime a guy would text her or anything i'd be like what the fuck is going on what is happening here so i was conditioned pavlovian style to think that every dude was trying to bang her because i was told every guy was trying to bang her uh i don't even know how i got into this shit i don't whatever the fuck so the 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 point is uh 
If you see a guy in a gi in the supermarket, he's either he's either going for broke or he has it's a bit and you're going to get filmed. That's all I'll tell you. So I told everybody, go, get me a gi next year. I'll go shop and I'll fucking film the shit out of it. Just see if anybody says anything or does anything. Because um, I think that would be kind of funny. Uh, it was funny in the moment. I don't know if it's funny anymore. All right, fuck. Let's do some plugs. Jesus Christ. See what happens? You get seven hours of sleep. You start yakking like a dummy. Um, folks, we have podcasts to sponsor us. Yes, we do. We have podcasts. How about you? You're goddamn right. Look at me making that happen again. Uh, Our good friends over at the Paranoid Strain have a show this month that I will be truthful with you is just it is it is an anvil of entertainment and information that I'm still parsing. I'm still trying to get my way through it uh, because it is it is dense as fuck. It is it is like because I you know what I want. You know what I'll say about this show now that I'm watching my baking show. I've learned a new uh, a new term. Uh, This show is very close textured Uh, in the in the context of a cake is light. A brownie is closed textured. Okay. Dense is also another way to say that, but, uh, but yeah, but that's, this is a very closed textured show filled with information about Socrates. Does that, does that move you? You want to hear about Kant and Plato and fucking Descartes and all these other motherfuckers? Do you, do you, do you care about the allegory of the cave? Do you wish to fire up your supercharged monkey ganglia? You do, don't you? Uh, do you wish to hear a professor talk for 20 minutes unbroken by other voices whom you, whom you enjoy? Then this is the show for you because this guy is just dropping facts on you and you're just listening going, you're enraptured. You're listening to a guy on, go on and on about fucking reality and whether it's true or whether it's not and then fucking Plato and Socrates. And, uh, and I'm not even talking about, this isn't even Jesuit, our buddy Fearful Jesuit who hosts the show and Danny Unicorn, his faithful sidekick. Uh, you, uh, you, you get other guest voices who... You know what they bring to the, like Jesuit, at least he's fucking knowledgeable and smart and he's an entertainer. And Danny Unicorn is just, you know, she's a fucking wild card. But then you get these professors who are just, you know, you know what these professors are? And I, I, I bet you don't even see this coming. They're professorial. You're goddamn right. They are. So they present their information. Like I listening to this show, this is truthful. Listening to this show makes me think I could have been, I would have done very poorly in college. And I was just telling a a lovely uh, woman about that. I said, yeah, this shows a lot for me. Like, I mean, I I don't know. It makes me think that I would have failed out of college in like an instant. And she's like, no, man, you're you're smart. And I go, I'm not that smart, man. I'm not. I because these dudes, you would have to listen to lectures and sit there and fucking, you know, I don't know what, draw robots in your notebook and then listen to your tape later. Although it was the 80s. You couldn't do that shit. You had to fucking listen in class. That's why I didn't graduate high school, motherfuckers. Um, It's fascinating. I'm just trying to, uh, it's, it's fascinating, but also it's overwhelming, boy. It is, it is an ocean of information and I have a thimble that I use to consume it with because that's my fucking brain, but you know what? It's there and it's waiting for you and it's really good. That's the thing. I, Cause I, I know other people listen, listen to this episode already and they wrote me, they're like, holy fuck, that's amazing. And I'm like, it is. I just, I wish I understood it better. Like you guys do. Um, but you should listen. Because it is it is a piece of fucking work like you you would not even be able to comprehend or believe. I don't know. I don't know how Jesuit puts this together. You know what I mean? I do these fucking shows. I talk for a couple hours and it's just me yammering off the top of my goddamn head. This dude, he has to be doing 10 times the work I do on this show just to research and create his show. And then he spends three and a half hours. And I, but let's put it this way. He doesn't spend three and a half hours recording it. It comes out at three and a half hours. But that, that's got to be a 10 hour process because I've seen him. He literally sits in a closet. It's not even a fucking joke. Sits in a fucking like a spice closet off of his fucking uh, uh, off the kitchen of the compound. And he's and that's because it's the perfect sound pitch for him to record. 
And then he's got to build that fucking show. I mean, I know how hard it is to build my show. I'll get four tracks and be pissed. But this dude, he puts in every fucking sting, every musical sound effect, everything at all. It's fucking, it's an incredible undertaking. And the best part about it, it pays off in the end. That's the deal. It's like some people can fucking, well, I've got a lot of work to do. And then they accomplish fucking nothing. They take, they, they make a, a molehill out, you know, out of a mountain. But this dude takes a mountain of information and makes a fucking bigger mountain of a show. And it, and it behooves you to climb the fucking thing. Go listen right now. Um, the Paranoid Strain podcast available in the iTunes store. You should download it today. Subscribe. Listen to the old episodes as well. If you want to ramp up and get yourself used to getting and hearing things, because again, he covers things so brilliantly. And uh, the new one is just, it is a piece de resistance. And I say that as a guy who's comfortable knowing he can pronounce Descartes. Uh, I'm very fraunch. Look at me. How, look how fraunch I am. Uh, the Paranoid Strain podcast. If you want to write them a note and tell them, hey, Schmitty told us about the goddamn show. Paranoid strain at gmail.com. Paranoid strain at gmail.com. You can write an email to our buddy, Fearful Jesuit, and tell him, Jesus Christ, man, how the fuck do you get this kind of stuff done? Uh, you can write a note in the iTunes store, leave a review there, telling people how great the fucking show is, how they're going to learn and be entertained at the same goddamn time. Like, I'm my show. You know what I hope? I hope you're entertained during my show. I don't think you're going to learn much. Uh, other than don't fuck with a guy with karate clothes. Um, but other than, or, or, and also don't fucking let, we can't let the dinosaurs get shoe technology. We know this. And also we, we got to learn. We, we don't still don't know whether it's hipsies or jippies. We're still trying to learn that, trying to solve that mystery. Uh, but if you want to learn real stuff, if you want to fucking get to the nitty and also the gritty, cause some people just bring you the nitty. You ever fucking listen to a show? You just get the nitty. You're like, what the fuck, man? I don't feel right. I feel like there should have been more there. Well, yeah. Cause you're walking away with fucking nitty. And then even worse, the people who just bring you the gritty. Cause then you can't understand the gritty without the nitty. Now you can get the nitty without the gritty and just be like, all right, I got, I'm kind of half full here. I'm Solomon Grundy. I got some nitty. But there was no gritty to fucking chase it with. And then if somebody gives you the gritty, you're like, none of this makes fucking sense because I don't have the nitty, motherfucker. But this dude brings you the nitty and the gritty. You think he doesn't? Fight me. Let me get my karate clothes. Nitty and gritty available right now on the Paranoid Strain podcast. Fearful Jesuit is our guy. Danny Unicorn is our lady. Lady, I hear your Swedish accent. And I love you. And I know you live in Norway or Finland. I don't know. She lives in one of those fucking countries where they eat fish out of a tin. That's where she lives. I don't know what she does. All those fucking countries where they like, you know, hey, let's make a clock and call it art. Good for you. What the fuck? So she lives there and she's great. Uh, And now she's on this show. She's phenomenal. Paranoid Strain podcast available right now in the iTunes store. Go check it out, won't you? It is fantastic and wonderful entertainment brought to you by our good friend, Fearful Jesuit and his cabal of characters. His, uh, (laughs) how do I put this? His non-sinister, his no sinister cabal of mysterious puppet masters required, I guess is the way. That's an actual quote, Uh, which actually I thought was a bummer. He's like, no sinister cabal of mysterious puppet masters is required to explain this. And that's a bummer. I, I demand a sinister cabal of mysterious puppet masters. Um, fearful is a great friend and uh, he had a big weekend. Actually. I know that I don't want to get into it, but I know he had a very good, uh, Christmas day. Uh, it's not a weekend. I guess it was Christmas day. Uh, yeah, he celebrates Christmas motherfuckers. He's no pagan heathen or whatever the fuck you think he is. He's all things to all people. You know, maybe he is a pagan. Maybe he is a heathen. Maybe he is a gypsy. Maybe he is a hippie. Maybe he's a jippy. Maybe he's a hipsy. 
Maybe he's dark. Maybe he's light. Maybe he's yin. Maybe he's yang. Maybe he's soft. Maybe he's hard. Maybe he's all of those things. I know he's hard listening to me talk about him for this goddamn long. All right. Uh, the podcast is called The Paranoid Strain. Danny Unicorn is the star. Fearful Jesuit kind of hangs out and, you know, he just creates the whole fucking thing. But Danny Unicorn, she's the breakout star of the entire thing because you're like, wow, that chick sounds like chocolate tastes. Uh, and then, of course, there's the lovely Fearful Jesuit who's getting it done and he's the best. So go ahead and follow him and find him. Paranoidstrain at gmail.com. Write him a note. Tell him you found the show through us. So he still thinks sponsoring us is a good idea. And also leave a note in the iTunes store saying, hey, this show's great. And we found it through the 40 year old boy, which you also might want to check out and leave a good review of. If, hey, you know, I should say that. Why not leave a good review of the 40 Parano- year old boy podcast if you haven't done that already? Um, I don't know. I, I still think that I haven't checked in months. I think the top. The top review is still the guy talking about how shitty I am, which is not good. Uh, but overall, we have good reviews, and that's all that matters. Uh, that's not all that matters. Other things matter, too, certainly. I, I, does anybody even read those iTunes? Is anybody, like, look, podcasting, does anybody scroll through and go, all right, let me see. Oh, oh, look at the star rating for this one. I couldn't possibly give it a day in court. No, nobody's doing that. If something is interesting that you think you like, you'll go ahead and download the fucking thing and give it a shot. Critics are gone, man. The, we are bypassing the arbiters. Everybody, everybody's gone. The tastemakers have been defeated. We have torn down their statues, Allah Saddam Hussein. Climb into your spider holes, critics. We're making our own decisions, motherfuckers. Uh, all right, so please get the Paranoid Strain podcast. Go subscribe right now. It's available in the iTunes store. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, that's a lot of talk about a podcast. Well, let me tell you this. You ready for more? I fucking hope so. Our good friend, uh, nay, our great friend, Rob Matsushita, has a podcast called The Knife Drop. And last week I was woefully unprepared as I was telling you this and that and talking about the show and whatever the fuck. But guess what, man? The new fucking episode's out. Or or maybe I did talk about the new episode last week. I don't recall. I don't remember. I don't recall. Uh, I don't know anything at all. I don't know the next line of the Peter Gabriel song. I don't remember. I don't recall. Uh, uh, and I know you're thinking, you know what you're thinking as I sing that song? You don't know the next line? So <laughs> it's a little one word, Peter Gabriel humor, the knife drop podcast. Episode eight is available right now. It's the holiday special and it is the holidays folks. Even if I'm talking to you now on a fucking Christmas, the 26th, whatever the fuck day after afternoon, because of sleeping on a goddamn couch, like a dope, uh, the knife drops available right now. Episode eight. Uh, they say happy life day. I don't know what happy life day means, but apparently life day has come and it has come for you and our friends. So let's all celebrate happy life day with an episode eight from the knife drop. Uh, and this one's only look, this one's not even an hour long. You can, you can fit this in. Uh, I, th- this plug session is longer than the knife drop, uh, although infinitely less entertaining, please, uh, please listen to the knife drop. It is, uh, they talk about film, they talk about TV, they talk about a lot of other things that you enjoy. On this particular episode, the holiday episode, they revisit a holiday classic for 10 minutes, and I believe that's It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I did plug this last week. I did, I, I believe. Uh, they talk about how a failed Frank Sinatra vehicle led to the creation of one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Uh, you know, all right, I'm going to say, here's my prediction of how that is. They talk about how a failed Frank Sinatra vehicle led to the creation of one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Here's here's the, the story. I'll tell you my interpretation of that sentence. Um... Jimmy Stewart had a twin brother named uh, Billy Stewart and they were going to go ahead and they were going to make a Christmas movie themselves. Uh, and, and he got offered. It's a wonderful life. And he said, I can't me and Billy committed to this project. So they're out walking on Hollywood Boulevard one day after they're scouting locations for their Christmas project. And uh, a drunken Frank Sinatra's brakes go out and he runs over Billy Stewart and kills him, leaving Jimmy Stewart in mourning and with no other career choice, but to do Frank Capra's it's a wonderful life. There you go. Frank Sinatra's vehicle brakes failed and he killed Billy Stewart. And that led to a creation of one of the greatest Christmas of all time. It's a wonderful life. See, 
That's my interpretation of that. Now, go listen to the knife drop and see if I'm close. I might be close, uh, but regardless, you should go and listen. And, and even if I'm not close, go and listen. Or what if I'm nailed it? What if I'm right on? What if I fucking, what if I've uncovered some weird Hollywood scandal that only me and Matsushita know about? Fuck yeah. Uh, a Terror Tuesday, they combine their two favorite things, Sharks and the Holidays. There's a movie called Santa Jaws. That sounds fucking awful, but you know what isn't awful? Matsushita talking about it because he'll fucking make it good and smart and funny and interesting and he'll do all that on the knife drop holiday special podcast available right now where your finer podcasts are sold anchor pod bay uh stitcher uh oh and santa jaws by the way you can watch santa jaws on movie spree i don't even know what the fuck that is i had to watch uh good time last night on amazon prime i was gonna have a violent christmas eve i had three movies lined up but i only wound up watching one because i got sucked into watching people make fucking polenta cakes which is my wanton life that's how i handle things uh, so knife drop episode eight, our buddy Rob Matsushita available right now. The holiday special came out just before Christmas. So don't think he's piggybacking on Christmas and going, Hey, here's a holiday show. No, he got it out on the 23rd motherfuckers. It's available to you right now. And again, please remember happy life day from all of them. I don't know what the fuck that means. Rest in peace, Billy Stewart. Think of that when you're listening to the show and Santa Jaws available on movie spree, which is, uh, uh, another streaming channel I do not have and probably will never have and will never engage myself in. So please uh, go ahead and check out the Knife Drop podcast with our great friend Rob Matsushita. Who wants to drive for Lyft and Uber? Nobody does. You know, I just read an article. Everybody's like, the gig economy is terrible for the holidays. I'm like, yeah, I, I should know. I'm part of it. Um, so if you want to ride with Lyft, use my code, Mike720057. I'll get a ride on Lyft, which is stupid. But if you want to drive for Lyft, also use my code Mike720057. Go with the all caps on Mike just in case. M-I-K-E-720057. Mike720057. Use that for Lyft. If you want to if you want to drive, depending on what part of the country you're in, I'll get a chunk of change if you do a certain amount of rides in a certain amount of time. Thank you for thinking of me. So also Uber. DJZWYTTUE. DJZWYTTUE. That's if you're a first-time Uber rider, use that code. If you want to be an Uber driver, use that code. And uh, and again, like I said, I'll get a chunk of change depending on where the fuck you're driving. Think of me. When you think of Uber, think of Mike. When you think of garbage, think of Akeem. Uh, Cameo exists. I can do that. I can call. You know, we're, I think we're too late on the Christmas wishes, but if you want me to wish somebody a happy new year, Merry Christmas and happy new year. Boom. 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 Uh, I can do it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mike's on the phone and all your screens. Uh, I'm wishing you a happy holiday via cameo because you paid me to do so. Anybody in your life. Uh, da, 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 da. I will be forever in their life if you book me for their cameo because they'll always remember me. Whether it's a sexy cam girl, whether it's your boss, whether it's your uncle, whether it's a cousin, a coworker. Whether it's a masseur who got a little close up your thigh, it almost made you come, and then you had to tell your boyfriend about it, but didn't let him do anything about it. Maybe that happens. Because uh, that's, you know, uh, never mind. <laughs> um, God, I was going to murder that guy. I mean, I was literally going to just, it, I, and that's, I lived in a perpetual state of murder half the fucking time. Because it would always be like, I'd, I'd literally, like, if I went to a movie or a, I'd be in an airport and I'd go use the restroom and I'd come back and there'd be a guy in my seat. And I'd be like, what are you doing? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Insane. Um, so Uber and Lyft exist. Do that cameo. Hire me uh, to call people and, and tell them not to, to, to grab people's thighs or expose them during a massage. I'll do that. Uh, 
Uh, it's a cameo. It's an app uh, you can put on your phone. Find me, 40-year-old boy, Mike Schmidt. Actually, I'm Mike Schmidt on there. Find me and hire me and I'll talk. And, uh, and won't that be a fun surprise for somebody on the holidays? And by fun, I mean inappropriate. Nobody wants that. Hey, here's your gift. It's a nobody saying hello. <laughs> you, you can get that at a fucking grocery store. Excuse me, could you say hello to my mom? Hey, ma'am, how are you? Uh, give that guy 15 bucks. He's me now. Uh, all right. So please hire me for Cameo. It's a side hustle that I need to uh, make work, just like every other side hustle I have. I don't know if you've heard, the holidays are terrible for the gig economy. <laughs> That's what Vice tells me. Um, stop yelling outside. I'm recording a goddamn show. That's uh, that's Lou walking with the twins. Uh, yes, I have twins who live in my house. I think I've told you that. They're twins who live together, and they see and they're lovely men. They're they're terrific. Actually, my ex. Oh, you heard a door slam. They are. They. Oh, what if he comes in and he turns the TV on? You're gonna hear that now. God damn it! I gotta finish this show. Um, but my ex-wife knew the twins' names, and she knew them apart. They're, they're identical. They are identical twins. And she knew them and knew and she could tell them apart. I don't know how or why, but she could. Because she was magical that way. She was just she was just she was just lovely and everybody liked her. And and for a good reason. She was a gentle soul. What did I do with my life? All right. Um what a terrible guy. All right, so I have a YouTube channel. And in a week, that's gonna be a week. <laughs> that's gonna be very active on the YouTube channel. Go ahead and check that out. Uh we're gonna be doing things possibly reviewing uh, food or movies or just talking or going in. I don't think we'll do live streams on YouTube. Perhaps we will. Who the fuck knows, man? But go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel right now. That'd be fantastic. I'd appreciate it very much. Also, the Twitch channel exists. You know, I do live streaming for games. Um, and as you know, I have a list. I have plans starting January 1st. It's gonna Everything's going to turn around. Everything's going to be put into motion. Uh, I'm going to transform like a transformer robot. <laughs> And I'll be doing all sorts of cool ass things then. But why not subscribe now to get ahead of the rush? The Twitch channel exists. It's uh, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, I believe. And uh, you can find that there and subscribe to Twitch. And also the YouTube channel, you can find me on there. It's Mike for a while. Or it might be the 40 year old boy tw- uh, YouTube channel. Just, just Google that. Find it and hit subscribe. It costs you nothing, man. It's fucking free. It's free to subscribe to Twitch. Well, it's not, not free. I mean, you can follow me on Twitch. That's free. Subscribing costs dough. But you can use your Amazon Prime subscription. I get five bucks. It costs you fucking zip. Zilch. Have you ever given a guy zilch? Why don't you do it now? Go to fucking Twitch and subscribe to me with Amazon Prime. <laughs> I get five bucks, you get zilch, but that's okay. You like zilch. Uh, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page, and there's an Amazon link lurking. Click on that, and please do all your shopping. I'm sure you did it for Christmas. Thank you so much for everybody who thought of me during the holiday season and used my link. But now use it for your New Year's shopping. Aren't you buying stuff? Aren't you buying some Ald, some Lang, some Zine? That's all available there. Why wouldn't you get that? If you're buying horse, hats and horns, it's fucking hats and horns. That was one of my favorite lines on Dragnet. Yeah, you better come up with that money by 7 o'clock tonight or it's hats and horns. I was like, that's a great way to tell a guy he's going to die. Hey, man, you don't want to fucking step to me. If you decide to fucking come walking up and get in my goddamn face, you better take two steps back. Otherwise, it's fucking hats and horns. Yes, I love noir talk. Uh, so please, as I've mentioned before, go ahead and, uh, and, and follow uh, the link. The Amazon link. That's what I was talking about. Hats and horns. Uh, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. Click on the Amazon link and shop, shop, shop. Buy all your New Year's stuff. Buy all your 2020 supplies. Uh, your your shrimp cocktails, whatever the fuck they sell on there. Don't buy a shrimp cocktail from Amazon. Look, if you have, uh, don't. I sometimes I get ahead of myself, all right? And my brain says shrimp cocktail, and my mouth says it. And um, there's no reason for you to buy a shrimp cocktail from Jeff Bezos. There really isn't. I don't give a fuck if he promises to hand deliver it. I mean, you know what? I'm going to go on this way. Use my Amazon link for everything in the world except shrimp cocktails. There is no way you will get a tasty shrimp cocktail from Amazon. There is no way that 
that a poor person who has not been allowed a bathroom break in 18 hours can box up your shrimp cocktail fast enough and get it shipped to your house for it to still be tasty and delicious. I'm saying it right now. In fact, of all the products available through Amazon that could possibly be affected by the mood or uh, general malaise of the worker involved on the assembly line, I'm going to say the shrimp cocktail is foremost in my thoughts as the one that would actually probably take some of the fear and worry, absorb it right there into the shrimp meat, and then you're going to eat it. Do you really want that? Do you really want to fucking absorb Carl's fucking worry and sweat and toil as he wonders whether he's going to drop dead right there on the assembly line because he can't spend Christmas with his kids as he packs your shrimp cocktail into a box? You're going to bite into that. You're going to taste that zingy cocktail sauce, and it's not going to cover up the taste of shame and sweat and tears that Carl has put into putting your shrimp cocktail in a cardboard box and sending it to you. Jesus Christ. You're going to bite into that shrimp meat, and and it's going to taste like regret. You ever have a shrimp cocktail that tastes like regret? I have. I got it from Amazon, and you will too if you make that leap. Now, look, anything else is fine. Would you like to buy some sort of fruitcake? Go ahead. Chips, Tide Pods, anything else. I guarantee you the taste, but you can actually taste the, 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 the fear. You could actually taste the desperation in that shrimp cocktail. So don't do it. Uh, but everything else you can go ahead and use. There you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, click on the merchandise link and, uh, and buy everything but shrimp cocktail from those fucking guys at Amazon, please. Would you, it would help me. You know, here's the thing. This is true. If you buy a shrimp cocktail, you can actually taste the desperation of the worker who boxed it up. If you buy anything else from Amazon, you can actually feel the desperation of me begging you to buy anything so I could stay alive another week. See how that works? Wouldn't you rather taste my desperation than some random worker you've never met? (laughs) Of course you would. Available now at MikeSchmidtComedy.com, the merchandise page. Click on the Amazon link and go through, man. Hey, also, guess what? We got Patreon. And, uh, and we've got, get this, I've got a new, a Patreon subscriber. That's right. You're goddamn right. I do. Uh, Patreon exists right now. Go to patreon.com slash Mike four O Y O B, or at least, you know, go to patreon.com and just, uh, you know, I'm going to find it exactly. It's patreon.com slash Mike four O Y O B four zero Y O B. And, um, go ahead and subscribe. That would be fantastic. I'd appreciate it. Uh, and we have a new person this, this particular week who has just signed up and you're thinking to yourself, well, who the hell could that be? I told you last week it was uh, my brother for some weird reason, Aaron Apricot. What? That's right. Our great friend, Aaron Apricot, who we've, uh, whom we've met, uh, via, I think she may have discovered me via comedy film nerds, but, uh, she's lovely. She's fantastic. She's a power lifter. She's all things to all people. And, uh, and I, I just recently had a, a lovely lunch with her and Kilt Bill, and that was fantastic. They drove me to the airport, as I mentioned, I think, earlier in this show. Um, they were in town for Comedy Film Nerds for the, for the final show, and, and Aaron is just, uh, man, she's the fucking best. You know what I mean? I met her at Podfest. I, Pod, I think I met her at Podfest before. Um, and then she's just, she's just great. She's always been there. So I'm, I'm glad that she's gone ahead and jumped into the Patreon pool. Thank you so much, Aaron Apricot. You're the best of the best, and I am glad that you're a patron at Patreon. And if anybody else wants to become a patron at Patreon and have me uh, talk about how I know you and met you and reminisce about you, how weird is that? Uh, what a lovely person who gave me money. I feel like I, uh, you know, please don't think I'm, I'm bullying myself into saying that. There's no, there's no gun to my head. At least when I'm on the show here, I mean, a lot of the time I sit here with just Martin Riggs, I just fucking Martin Riggs it at my desk and watching, watching the fucking cartoons and putting a gun to my head, wondering what would happen. Uh, but please go ahead and become a patron of Patreon. I would appreciate it. So would you. Um, oh, and also, if you want to be on my mailing list, I forgot about this. Send me a note, man. 
heymikeadme at gmail.com. Heymikeadme at gmail.com. And, uh, uh, you know, you'll get on the mailing list, which is going to be starting next week. Now, there, like I said, there's going to be a test one that goes out before that. Um, but but next week will be regular mailing lists. And I, I don't know. Look, I don't want to get my own self in trouble where I'm like, oh, they come out every Tuesday and then duh, Thursday. Um, I'll send you mailing lists whenever I feel like contacting you. You're giving me your information and trusting me with it. I'm not going to fucking deluge you. You can just delete if you if I do. Um, but I mean, it'll probably be tied into the release of the podcast and then other things and, and, and all that stuff. So it's it's I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having an even closer lifeline to you guys. Uh, I have one on Twitch. I have one at my discord. It's just there's so many places for me to see the people who uh, who support. And it makes me very happy. And I hope you understand again how grateful I am that you're all in my lives. I, I love you guys. Thanks. Um, so yeah, man, uh, be a part of that. Hey, Mike, add me at gmail.com. Send me a note. We'll get you on the mailing list. That'd be fucking cool. And, um, I guess, you know, I, I, let's talk about next week. Next week is new year's. And, uh, you know, I have a list. I have plans as you know. And as I talked earlier, Shannon was a little, eh. so I have that page on Facebook called the little Schmitty's attaboy fit brigade page. You can join that. And we can all support one another. Um, our friend Liana wanted to look, look into having people, kind of keep her accountable in the new year. And I want to do the same thing and I want to be accountable. I want you to keep me accountable. And you know, one of the things I've done is I, I, and I talked to Shannon about it this week again, it's, um, you know, I don't care enough about myself to take care of myself. I've always done it for somebody else. Like I, you know, I was, I was, I felt great from like 2013 through 2015. Um, when I was, you know, in, I was, in shape and feeling good. And I, I had somebody to, uh, you know, dedicate myself to, which I liked doing. And so, um, the key though, is you have to feel that way about yourself. You have to, you have to make changes. You have to allow good things to happen to you for you. You can't just be like, well, I need to do it for that, for this. Well, this, the little Schmitty attaboy fit brigade is, is a way to motivate. And I, I like being able to show progress to people because we all need attaboys. That was the whole concept behind the page. I don't think I've written in there in fucking in like six months. If that, it might've been even longer. Um, but I will be present on that page more. And I mean, it might even be, they won't be long fucking four paragraph fucking things. It might be something as simple as, Hey man, I had a protein shake today. Hey man, I ate this. Cause I, I like the idea that all of us, cause we can, I, you know, I do it with John where I'll send him stuff where I'm doing cardio or what I had for lunch and, and he's like, yeah, a boy, good job or whatever. But I mean, you know, I don't pay the guy enough for me to be in his orbit all the fucking time. So, um, so we can do that for each other. So again, I've mentioned the little Schmitty attaboy fit, fit brigade page. Um, but it doesn't have to be through there. You can do it on the Westside 86 jokers. Some of you have my email. You can, you can email me if you want to talk or you want to talk about your progress or you want to ask about mine or anything like that. Um, because I have a list and I have plans, you know, like I said, uh, this show will come out next week, I believe on January 2nd. I think I have to record on actual New Year's Day uh, or maybe New Year's Eve. I don't know. I, I don't know the full, you know, let's pull up a calendar. I got a calendar right here on my fucking, look, man, I got a laptop. It's got a calendar on it. Yeah, I got to record either on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, and this will come out on the morning of January 2nd. And um, and I, I, at that point, I will be immersed in my routine. No, I hope to. No. Well, at that point, I should be. No, no, fuck that, man. January, January 1st, uh, I wake up January 1st and we go out, we do, we lift, we do cardio. We, uh, we come home, we do protein shake, we cook, we eat, uh, we get to bed that night at one. Um, you know, I start to implement everything starting on January 1st. 
shows up Thursday morning when you when you guys need it. No fucking falling asleep on the couch. Work schedule, workout schedule, sleep schedule, food schedule. I need to be regimented. I need to do these things, and it all starts next week. And uh, and I'll stay accountable to you guys if you if you wish to stay accountable to me. I'm happy to help. If you want me to reach out, if you want to be on the Attaboy page, we can do that on the Joker's page, wherever. I don't I don't I don't fucking care. But but by this time next week, when you're hearing this, I will be in the process of, you know, a life change. No, I hope to, or I should be, or fuck that, man. I got a list. I got plans, and it's fucking time. Because uh, January 1st starts the year of I will, and I fucking will. No, I can. No, I might. No, I should. No, I hope. Um, You know, dream, wish, hope, believe. That exists, certainly. Uh, But also do. I have to do it. I will do it. And and it, there's no choice. There's no choice in the matter. I need to be, the next year, I need to be on stage. I need to be performing. I need to be doing everything I can because I'm fucking great. And I know you guys don't need to hear me jerk off here at the end of the fucking show, but I'm tired of being uh, a guy who tells himself he's not as good as he should be or whatever because all you guys are super cool. You listen and then you're nice and you wouldn't be listening if you didn't think I was fucking worth it. And who the fuck else in the world can do a two and a half hour fucking podcast where they're talking by themselves and entertaining the whole way through, eh, give or take two hours, but still <laughs> I exist. And if I want to look good in my fucking karate clothes next year, I got to go ahead and commit to this goddamn thing. And I'm fucking committing to it starting next fucking week. God damn it. January 1st, I will be fucking committed. January 1st, I'll be talking to you. January 2nd, you'll be hearing me. And uh, and we're off and fucking running, man. If you guys want to participate, if you guys want to jump into the fucking year of I will, the uh, Little Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade page is there. And you know what? It doesn't even have to be about food. If you want to come in and say, hey, man, I finished my fucking homework on time. I got a report done or I fucking got promoted at work. Let's make that fucking page just a general, hey, Attaboy fucking you're great page. Let's do it. And yes, I've done this before. And yes, it's it lays stagnant. It's got the equivalent of Facebook cobwebs over it. Fuck, there's a Reddit page I never fucking paid any attention to. I get it. It's got to change, and it will. It's not even got it. It will fucking change starting next next week. I I will. I fucking will. And you will. And we will. And all of us will together. And let's fucking do this, man. 2020 is the goddamn year of the West Side 86 Jokers. It's the year of fucking That's Mike Schmidt. It's the year of Liana. It's the year of all you motherfuckers out there. It's the year of Scott and fucking Stefan yeah, and fucking yeah. Rick and fucking everybody else who's reached out. Anybody else? It's the year of Mary Beth and the year of Jamie and the year of fucking anyone else out there. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Schmidt. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You're a vile one, Mr. Schmidt. You have turned my fist. 
Given the choice between the two of you, I'll take the seasick crocodile. You're a foul one, Mr. Schmidt. You're a nasty, nasty squirt. Your heart is full of unwashed socks, your soul is full of dirt, Mr. Three words that best describe you are as follows, and I quote, Yurt, nerd, nerd. You're the rotter, Mr. Schmidt. You're the king of sinful sots. Your heart's a dead tomato squash with moldy purple spots. Your soul is an appalling dump heap, overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable. Mangled up and tangled up knots. Mr. Schmidt, with the noxious super nos. You're a crooked jerky jockey and you drive a crooked horse. Three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce.